800-259-9231. And this is Mark with you. And Dale. And, well, Ian's out for right now, so we're taking over. And uh, Free Talk Live is the show that you control, so call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But right now, we happen to have a guest on the line, and I think we may have a second set of guests on the studio line, and we're going to have to figure that out here on the fly. But uh, I've got Jason Talley from the Motorhome Diaries. Jason, are you there? I I sure am. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dale. How's it going tonight? Hey. And uh, Board Up, if you've got the other guys on the line, can you pot them in at this point? Adam, Pete, are you there? Apparently not right. No, not right now. Okay, Jason, it's going to be uh we're going to be talking about the Motorhome Diaries then. So, you guys are just about done with your uh trip around America looking for freedom. To, uh, to tell me what's what you found and what your thoughts are. <laughs> uh well, we we found we found a lot of uh, great people. I mean, uh the, the story of Motorhome Diaries, you know, was uh, myself and Pete who uh, purchased the motorhome, uh, left Washington, D.C. It was an elaborate escape plan to uh, get out of there. And uh, we met uh, just some wonderful people. I mean, what you see with, like, Motorhome Diaries is a reflection of the uh, support that, uh, you know, we have in, in the freedom movement. Not only did we cover them, but, uh, you know, we became uh, part of their lives, and they opened up their homes to us. And um, it's really great. Uh, you know, the only uh, bad moments that we've had on the trip uh, were a result of uh, people with uh, badges. And uh, as we've talked about several times on Free Talk Live in the past with uh, what happened in Jonas County, Mississippi, and then uh, at the uh, imaginary line they call borders. Yeah, a, a few, a, a handful of young men in a in a motorhome does nothing but raise the suspicion of those with badges. I, I, I can see exactly why it would be. However, the idea is is that. Well, we were supposed to have some inalienable rights, and some of those rights are, you know, the right to be secure in your person, papers, and effects, and all that good stuff. Did you feel? Did you f- feel like you weren't secure in those? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we, we have a we have a, a, a doormat as you walk in. It says, uh, "Come back with a warrant," and uh, it, it doesn't it, it, and it doesn't work. You know, we need to we try to make it as clear as possible that uh, you know this is this is our home, and uh, you you know we, we don't consent to anybody. I mean. We allow everybody to come in, um, like as long as I got the Push um, My Freedom Festival. We had you know dozens and dozens of people that walked in. We're very transparent, unlike government, and so we're, we're happy to do that. But uh, yeah, we don't let the employees of the government in, so they just barge their way in. And they end up breaking our stuff, and they end up going through everything. And so, I mean, I had, had a, a, a go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you had several uh, episodes like that, I believe, and it wasn't even just sure. a, an isolated thing. It was actually a, a common occurrence, it seems like. Yeah, they can. Oh, absolutely. They're welcome as long as they leave their badges and attitudes at the door. <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, we did have a cop uh, who uh, enjoyed our uh, Gadsden flag um, tattoos. He had one of his own, and then later when we were hanging out, he told us that he was like a, a reserve police officer. And so, uh, but anyway, he was, he was a cool enough guy. But uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you're on official business, we don't really want to, uh, you know, have you in uh, in the motorhome. Not looking for that official. Not not looking for the motorhome to get to be be, be official. I'm sure. Right. Exactly. So, so um, on, on in the wrap up, what's it going? I mean, you know, what's when are you guys going to be done? And and you know, what's what what happened with the the motorhome? I mean, you you've got the uh, the documentary you're putting together. Tell me the tell me what's going on with the wrap up. Yeah, so uh, right now I'm in uh, San Jose and our final in California, and our final meetup is going to be uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're gonna earlier in the day we're gonna go to uh, the Independent Institute, do a couple interviews there, 
We're going to go to a, um, a, a place that sells hot dogs called Top Dog, which is actually run by a, a libertarian. No, oh, fine. So we'll, we'll interview him and, and hopefully get a, um, a tasty lunch. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to uh, fly to Asheville, North Carolina, where the State Policy Network is going to have a um, – an event, and we're going to do some panel discussions, talk about our experiences on the road. And The motorhome flies? About... The motorhome doesn't fly yet. Uh, we're still uh, waiting on the, uh, the technology for that, but no, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to use tra- traditional uh, air, uh, airliners. So you're just going to but, park uh, it somewhere? Yeah. Just oh, going yeah, to press the button. Says... In, uh, in San Francisco, we have some uh, friends that are going to keep an eye on it for us. Okay. And uh, so, But our, our San Francisco meetup, if any of your listeners are um, want to come by, it's uh, it's going to be on the beach. We're going to have uh, some nice bonfires and between uh, the Fulton and Lincoln Street, and it's at 6 p.m. So, looking forward to that tomorrow. Sounds good. So, um, and all the Motorhome Diaries crew is going to be there. Oh yeah, we're all going to be there. We're expecting a, a bunch of uh, great libertarians to come out and, uh, and have a good time. I mean, we've done meetups all over the country and met with some great folks and. Um, so we're looking forward to meeting up with a bunch of uh, San Francisco people, and um, you know, just uh, it, it's it's nice. It's, I mean, it's been great for the crew. It's been a great networking opportunity, but it's also great because um, you know, if we can get people to come out and, and meet together, and uh, maybe many times for the first time, and then we want to keep those things going. You know, we want libertarians to talk to other libertarians because yeah. a lot of times people feel like they're alone that they have these uh, beliefs, you know, of um, nonviolence and uh, you know, limited government. Or, or no government, uh, and uh, so we want to, you know, uh, let people know you're not alone. And uh, I, I just want to thank Free Talk Live because, like, since the very beginning, I mean, we were on the show. Uh, you know, we announced it on the show, and we've been giving progress reports throughout. You guys have been a great support. You have our banner on your uh, website, and uh, I, I love meeting Free Talk Live listeners. And we've met a lot of them uh, while we've been on the road, uh, and they're just so eager. And, and many of them tell us, you know, that. Uh, you know, they don't have anybody near them that uh, believes these ideas. So, I mean, Free Talk Live is just a, a great way to, you know, build a community and keep people linked in together. So, well, thank you very we've much. Proud. Yeah, and we we have your uh, your uh, banner on the back of our motorhome next to uh, the Free State Project. So, we're very proud of that. Thank you for that too. Now, so the Free State Project kind of brings me up to, I guess, the question: um, You guys were filming a documentary on your your trip around. So, now that the trip around the United States is over, what's next? Um, well, I'm going to stay in California. I'm going to skip this winter in uh, New Hampshire. As many and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and so we're, we're going to split up. We're going to uh, divide the, the stories into essays, and we're going to each write our own parts. And we're also going to invite other people who um, came in uh, contact with the Motorhome Diaries to submit their own stories to write. And then we're just going to you know, produce a book. But uh, what I'm going to do... Uh, is uh, work with some good folks that are in uh, um, the San Francisco Bay Area who are, are, are getting ready to move to New Hampshire themselves. And so we're going to do like a, a 12-day documentary on the road of a caravan. And we haven't even announced this thing yet, but people have um, stepped up, have heard about it somehow, and uh, said that they want to join the caravan to a Liberty Forum this year, which is on March 18th. Now, uh, Jason, I'm going to stop you real quick. Now, um, on this, uh, while we're on the subject here of, of coming to the Liberty Forum, I've got Adam and Pete on the line. Adam, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Excellent. So, um, I, you know, we were talking about sort of the the wrapping up of the Motorhome Diaries trip around the United States, and I wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts. What are what are some of the things that you, you know, sitting here, getting close to the the time for retrospective? What are you guys thinking? 
Well, yeah, just like we heard Jason talking, and uh, all the same, it's uh, uh, the idea is to write a book, uh, get a documentary. We've we've uh, had a blog post recently about getting uh, uh, filmmakers together and editors to help us deal with the uh, mass amount of content we have, and then uh, we've got that ball rolling, and we got the uh, SPN conference in Asheville, and then we're all going to break off and spread up a little bit to start these processes, and that, I'm on board with Jason, hopefully, to uh, film the three future New Hampshire residents from uh, California out to Liberty Forum, and then hopefully I myself will be living in uh, New Hampshire for the summer at that time, too. Excellent. And are all three of you going to be moving to the Keene area? Uh, I plan on being in the Keene area. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where Jason and Peter are going to end up. I know there's some other things going down, but essentially close to, I, I think, is where we're all headed. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is Jason. Yeah, I definitely want to move to Keene. I mean, that's, uh, that's the kind of activism that I'm interested in, and uh, I want to be able to support everybody. And I'd love the support of the, uh, the thriving activist that's already there. So I'm looking forward to that. Pete? That's out for a minute, but I'm thrilled. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you guys hold the line. We'll talk to you back uh, when we get back here. Thank you. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, it's your show. Call in, talk about what you want, but right now we're talking to the guys from Motorhome Diaries, and before we do that, I want to tell you about the Shrine of Female Listeners. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see all the dozens of women that have, uh, you know, proved that they listen to Free Talk Live. They love Free Talk Live by holding up signs and doing all kinds of creative things to, to prove that they're listeners. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Excellent. Now let's go back to Jason, Pete, and Adam. Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, guys? Excellent. Pete, Adam? I'm here. Okay, good. So you guys are um, you're wrapping up your trip around the United States in the Motorhome Diaries, and uh, we've talked about some of your sort of thoughts on uh, your, your trip. And you'll be coming here to New Hampshire probably about the time of the Liberty Forum, which will be in March, and you're going to kind of work from now until then on the book and perhaps a film documentary that you're going to put together for Motorhome Diaries. And I'm just wondering, is is the motor home going to be traveling um, in March up here? Is that what's, what the plan is? That's the plan, yeah. Um, I talked with uh, uh, some people who are playing this caravan, and, you know, Marv is in, in San Francisco now anyway, so we figured that uh, this would be great to a great way to get publicity for the Free State Project by uh, having Adam and myself uh, film these uh, three people who are, you know, leaving their lives behind in California yeah. and... Uh, 
going to a New Hampshire where they can uh, be more free and uh, you know can uh, create uh, you know a, a free state. Who are these people that are uh, going to be moving here to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? It's uh, uh, Pete and Lori Bossy, and it's Antigone Darling. So it's the three of them. But like I said, we've heard from other people. Uh, who are going to be along our route and want to join, and we encourage anybody that wants to go to Liberty Forum, and if we're heading that way, to um, uh, if, if we're along that route, if they want to join us, they're more than welcome to. I love the idea of the caravan. But it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a convoy. they got a cab a over Pete with a, with a reefer on, and they've got a, 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 a semi hauling hogs. And you said that uh, you haven't announced this before, although the word has sort of gotten out, so that means that this you've, people are here, heard it first here on Free Talk Live, right? Exactly. Let's give you guys the exclusive. All right. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, should say, I should say that this isn't my project. I'm fortunate enough, and, and Adam as well, we have an easy job. All we have to do is like uh, film everything. I mean, they have this very well planned out, and we'll, we'll launch a website and uh, talk more about it uh, later. I hope you'll have them on to talk about it. But we're just uh, doing the video stuff and the, like the new media uh, things. Is this for the people that are coming to uh, uh, Liberty Forum? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the three people that are launching this caravan, um, I who I mentioned, the, 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 the bosses and uh, Antigone Darling, gotcha. they, they have this all planned out. I don't have to do any thinking whatsoever. It's wonderful for a change. Well, as much work as went into the Motorhome Diaries, I'm sure you're ready for a break. Uh, it's amazing the amount of media that you guys produced on your trip, because people were had the opportunity to, to, to follow you around the United States in, in, in what must have been, well, it's the trip of a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, go ahead, Adam. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it is a trip of a lifetime. We've been really fortunate. And, I mean, what's more impressive than, than us or the media we reach is the, just the people out there that have opened their doors to us. Uh, like we said, a lot of them are Free Talk Live listeners. And uh, even one guy I remember early in the trip, uh, Adam from Marijuana Muscle, was uh, we, we barely had Marvin Park, and he's right at the door. Like, I've been waiting for you guys. You know, I feel the one out here. Free Talk Live is my only outlet. And uh, hmm. he ended oh, yeah. up uh, I was hooking us up with some stickers and some other things and just everybody along the way, you know. Uh, yeah, support. I know the marijuana muscle guy. What's that? I, I, yeah, I'm in touch with the marijuana muscle guy. Hey, yeah, Adam's a good guy. and uh, So, yeah, that was really, you know, encouraging. And uh, just the rest of the folks, you know, uh, more amazing than us is the people that are out there, you know, working these ideas and doing something to fight back. So, um, you know, once you guys get up here, what kind of, what kind of activism are you, you guys thinking about getting involved in? <laughs> well, for, for me, this is Adam again. Um, I'm I'm more of this you know civil disobedience type. I feel that uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting out there on some of like the 420 protests and the the other things that go on. And uh, also on on the other side is uh, being able to push it, you know, and uh, get the messages out to everyone else, just not in team. So I'm looking forward to partaking and highlighting and you know working with anybody who's willing, which seems to be a lot of folks up there. So uh, media type stuff, media type things to draw more people to the free state. What was that? Well, I'd like to. Yeah, um, you were asking about like the media type things that we're going to do, and I mean I think Keen is a fantastic story. If, if no, I mean I know there's like, a lot of people that are filming things, but I mean I think it deserves a, a documentary all its own. Um, and so I'd like to collect that footage, you know, be just be one of a number of people who are, are taking film about what's going on and asking you know the uh, the politicians and the police department tough questions, you know, and about uh, why they why they are doing these things to uh, to peaceful people. So. Um, I want to do that, and I'm sure I have to do some kind of activist project in order to um, uh, to fit into the the activist community there. So I have to decide what that is going to be, but um, I'm sure it's, it's 
it's going to be uh, pretty exciting for, for me to move there. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys at the Liberty Forum here in, um, in March. And, uh, you know, I th- thank you for letting our li- listeners know about your experiences. And I hope you enjoy your, your winter in warm, sunny California. <laughs> well, Mark, it's gonna, and Dale, it's going to be great being your neighbors. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to have you guys back. Thanks, Pete. Th- excuse me. Thanks, uh, Jason and Adam. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much. Yep. So, um, Dale, we have uh, we want you have an article that you wrote, and since Ian's not here, I don't have to listen to anything he says as far as show prep. Um, I I want to talk about this article that, uh, that that you wrote recently. I, I think I, we should pointedly do stuff that Ian wouldn't want to do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Take, punish him for not being here. No. Well, I can tell you, just me <laughs> sitting in this chair is something that he would prefer not to do. So you've been uh, voting is an issue that you and I tend to uh, to rub horns on, and you've got some activism that you're, you're you're thinking about doing here when it comes to voting time. Is it November fifth or November third? I'm not sure. November third. Is it November third coming? Now, up? How come I know that better than you do? What is going on in this world? Because I know it's on a Tuesday, and that's all <laughs> I need to know. Okay, yeah, it'll only be um, local elections, and, and I think in Keene it's only city council, I think. I believe that's what someone told me. Yeah, I, I don't follow it closely, but I just overhear things. So, so You've got a piece of uh, propaganda that you put together, a little trifold piece of paper, and I must I must admit, it's a very alluring sort of uh, <laughs> a, a bit of propaganda. That's However, my job, uh, I, I, you to know. lure people into the trap of peaceful... Alternatives to politics. Well, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that voting would qualify as unpeaceful, but uh, you know, go ahead, read your read read your tripe, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, um, you know, there's this elaborate ritual known as an election, <laughs> which is used as a rather contrived justification for committing violence against innocent people. And November third is the date uh, chosen by those who partake in this rather disturbing religious practice. If you're apolitical like myself, you may feel like this day is nothing special. You're right, but knowing that many people will be using this day to reinforce their deadly delusions, I think it's an, ex- an excellent opportunity to present, them, to present them with peaceful and rational alternatives that they've been sheltered from. So uh, I'm going to be handing out flyers. I've got them uh, on my website in both Word and Open Office for people to download. Isn't uh, does, don't both of those uh, programs produce doc, d, dot .doc files? Uh, I I think that um there, there's no actually one of the, the, the standard format for open office is ODT. Okay, my mistake. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Free talk live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231 is the number that you can use to call in and take over the show, hijack the airwaves. It's Mark with you. And Dale. And, well, we've taken over. Speaking of hijacking, we've hijacked the show this evening. Ian is nowhere to be found, and I, 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 I don't miss him. Dale, you... 
I think we'll be all right. All right. Everything <laughs> seems fine. Uh, if you if you want to find out more about the show, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com. It we, we send out updates to the listeners, telling about all the different exciting things that are going on with Free Talk Live, whether we're adding new stations or whether we've won awards or interviews, uh, you know, all kinds of things that might tempt you to listen a little more often. It's updates.freetalklive.com. Cycle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Cycle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support FTL. Yep. Speaking of uh, Sickle CAI, they sponsor our call-in line, 800-259-9231. So thank them. Uh, thank you very much for that, Sickle. And, uh, excuse me, D- Dale, you were reading your uh, your, your, your propaganda tripe on uh, why people shouldn't vote, and I, I wanted, to let, wanted to let you continue doing that. Yep. Uh, there's not much to read. I, it's a very short article, but uh, and I've got the, the brochures on there. But I do – I would like to point out that it's not – um, I think it's very um, it's it's very short sighted to think of it as just saying not vote not to vote. It's really um, trying to get people to um, that's just really the first step. You know, the the whole point is to look at uh, look at politics really as a diversion that keeps us from doing the things that would truly be effective, and that that means we need to question the legitimacy of that whole process. And when you're going to the polls and everything, you're going through all these rituals that are designed to reinforce that legitimacy. So really, it's 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 just the first step, in my view. Well, I wanna yeah. I wanna set the mood before I ask any questions about that because I I certainly have lots of things to say. So could you read a little bit of this uh, the, the 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 trifold that you're you're handing out oh. here? Well, yeah, I'll have to open it up real quick. Yeah, no problem. So uh, one of my um my thoughts here is you say it's the first step. And I'm not sure that it necessarily has to be the first step. Um, you know, you're you're suggesting that people interact on a voluntary and peaceful basis, and I, I'm all for that. However, the government's still going on, and I don't know that not voting is the first step, just a step. And wondering if it has to be the first step. Um, no, not necessarily. I just feel like uh, it. It feels like, for instance, to me, if I am telling people this whole thing is illegitimate and it and it's a uh, it's really a kind of religion that doesn't make sense, and that um, that this that this whole process is presented to us so that we feel like we have a say, when in fact um, mostly we're just being manipulated, and we're given you know very limited choices through a process that's very rigid in order to just sort of you know give us the sense that there's a choice when in fact there's not. So um, it's uh, it's it's you know for me for me like. Going through and doing and playing the game at the same time, I'm telling people that it doesn't make any sense and that you that it's sort of uh, being used to manipulate them would be like talking out of both sides of my mouth. And that feels very hypocritical for me personally. So I I, I don't it feels weird for me. I told some of the people um, uh, when I was promoting this and I did a video, I did a video on YouTube about it and everything. When I was talking about this, I told people, you know, if you are voting that day or if you're going to be campaigning for someone at the same time. Then you know you're you're certainly still welcome to participate. I you know uh, I I think that um you know you you will and most likely people won't know that you're doing both things at the same time, which might be confusing. But if they do find out, you'll have to figure out what you're going to tell them because I don't know what to tell you to say because it sounds <laughs> it seems kind of odd to me to do both things. So. so what is this event that you're talking about? I, I'm, I'm oh, a little unclear. Well, I'm, essentially we're going to be at polling places, ideally with at least two people per place. You know, uh, we'll break up into teams of two. This is what we did last year. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Ian participated. Some other people in Kenya participated. We got at least six people, I believe, last year doing it, and I'm hoping we'll have more this year. But it is a smaller election, so maybe people won't feel, may not feel as motivated. But uh, this, I think, is the very funniest part of this, of, of this uh, particular bit of activism that you're doing, because you're doing of activism that says basically, don't vote. It's perpetuating the system or whatever. What, don't vote. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. So you're suggesting people not vote when, in fact, you're doing it in one of these off-season elections. This is for city council. It's uh, 2009 as opposed to 2010. So um, there may very well be just dozens of people that are out voting <laughs> it won't be a big turnout right yeah. it's gonna be a tiny tiny uh a percentage of the vote a voting populace perhaps one or two percent of the the citizens of Keene, where you're going to be doing this and i'm wondering isn't this really just sort of uh, outlining what the problem is with not voting because in fact what you're going to have are only the bureaucrats and the people involved in city government are the only ones who are going to go vote that day. So it kind of shows that if you are just a, sort of a regular citizen and you don't vote, that we already know what you're going to get. You're going to get what you got because those are the people that are going. I, I find that they pretty much do what they want to do anyway. And, and, and if, if voting actually started working, they'll change something. <laughs> if there's actually a point where, you know, oh, wow, they actually, you know, and interfered with our power with voting, then they they re, they will realize that, that that their system isn't quite perfect yet, and they need to refine it so that it won't actually do anything. I will admit that there are more instances that I care to uh, go over of where the government does exactly what uh, the, pretty much the opposite of what the people that vote for them want. Uh, certainly, the bailout uh, that the Republicans uh, perpetrated at the the end of their reign and. 2008 is an extraordinarily good example of, of just that when you know 100 to 1 of the people that voted in uh, the called in about this bailout uh, situation said do not do it and the one guy he was one of the big bankers that uh, was afraid that he was going to lose his lot his yacht in Learjet mm-hmm. so uh, you know I, I I see the the problems with what you're talking about but I don't know that not voting is in fact the solution so tell like, me about well, some of these keep solutions that but like but um you know I'm introducing people to alternatives to politics so it's really the flyer i don't even know if the flyer uh i mean it mentions voting a little bit but um i think really the a lot more of what it's about is just looking at the entire political process you know the whole notion of politics and how we use it to try and run society in a very violent aggressive manner and saying that we can do all these things in a peaceful manner cooperatively and 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 it mentions things for instance if you have a majority uh, if you have enough of a majority to vote for some violence to make something happen, like say to tax people for a new library, yes. Well, you've got a majority. You've got a significant. If it's a majority enough to vote, then you've got enough people that can voluntarily contribute to that cause and make it happen without using violence against people. Well, I think another thought is is that if something's such a great idea, that you should be able to get um, you know enough people on board to. To, to, to make it work. Right. It, it shouldn't be that difficult. If it's a bad idea, then not enough people will want to be involved that you have to do it. And so it seems sort of like, you know, most of these community projects, be them, you know, libraries or uh, fire departments or, you know, so many of these ideas, roads even, uh, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I like to stay that. What's that? Indoctrinations. I mean, schools. Yeah, schools, <laughs> uh, you know, community centers, all these things, all of them. Great ideas. I want all of these ideas. However, the way that they're implemented 
is contrary to sort of uh, you know serving the public what it is that they want to have in, in fact you know, and it guarantees that they're not as accountable as they could be yes. so why would you want that why would you want them to not be as accountable as they could be you are insisting that they not be as good as they could be right. uh, you know accountability is like one of the most important things you can possibly factor into something as important as a fire department or a public or a school not a public sorry uh, I, I started to say public indoctrination center is sort of <laughs> what comes to mind. Uh, or a school, a, a real school that actually teaches you things as opposed to just teaching you to be to obey. Well, know? I think that I, see that this is this is uh, where libertarians kind of go off track. Certainly, I went through the public school system four years of it at least, and I learned some great stuff. However, I don't. I, I don't know how much more I would have learned in that time frame if I would have been, you know, given. You like, also learned some bad stuff. I know I did when I was in the public school system. I learned some. I learned a very um, r- sort of uh, cleaned up and manufactured version of history that would make me patriotic. You know, ensure that I was patriotic. I think it's like funny that. how you have to raise your hand to get excused to use the bathroom in public school, but. The rest of life, I don't have to do that. Somehow or another, I managed to go potty without raising my hand and asking permission. Yeah, they're teaching obedience. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, it's your show. Call in on the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Mark. And Dale. And, well, Ian's away, so we're uh, we're doing whatever we want here. So the mice will play. Yep, so we've decided that we're going to uh, have it out over this voting issue. And uh, Dale's been reading his uh, propaganda. Ganda tripe stuff here that he's he's reading. And I think you should continue voting if that's what you feel like is the right thing to do, and until you uh, at some point maybe feel like it's not the right thing to do anymore. You know, there's this. It, what you it's have my said, job to convince you, right? What, what you have said is uh, reminds me of, of just a phrase that I'm I really love. It's a conversation between George Fox and William Penn, and uh, you know, two Quaker guys, and William Penn sort of talking to George Fox. George Fox is the guy who created Quakerism. And he's saying, you know, I, I've i carried a sword on my hip my whole life. I, I would feel naked without my sword. And this was the time, the time frame when basically a, only a rich man could afford a sword. A, a poor man really couldn't. I mean, these, are, these were, you know, extraordinary pieces of technology for their time. They had to make a piece of metal that was that long and not so rigid that it wouldn't break when hit with another piece of metal but um you know so it had to be flexible and it had to be rigid enough of course so that you could stick it in someone so these these I'm were sure there's a substantial amount of crafting time putting into each one so that you know to, it would be expensive just to get them made and everything absolutely too. a the, a craftsman for fine swords was literally 
worth his weight in gold. <laughs> I mean, really, these guys were worth that much. And I'm talking. I'm not talking about a guy who could make a sword. I'm talking about the guys who could make the very best swords because the very best swords could take the uh, would be thinner and faster and and um, would actually break in half the other sword. So you can see why it would be so important to have the very best sword. Because then you live and the other guy dies. Yeah. So anyway, um, William Penn saying to George Fox, I, I just can't imagine not having my sword. Having my, I've, al- I've always had my sword on my hip. That, it, that's just the way it is. And George uh, Fox said, well, you should, you should wear the sword until you can't wear it anymore. Because <laughs> William Penn was going to the Quaker meetings and, you know, it, it would be bad, 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 uh, bad, bad juju to walk into a uh, Quaker meeting with a with a sword or a gun or something like that on your hip. It's just sure. You know, this is <laughs> this is a peace church. It's the peace church, and there's not much that they're intolerant of. It's no, there's not you know, much, but they sure don't like the idea of weapons. It, you know, yeah, violence is like the one thing yeah. they're not very tolerant of. <laughs> and and a lot of them, you know, kind of see the weapons as the violence, and it just it just would be inappropriate to wear uh you know wear a sword or or a firearm into a Quaker meeting. So I I don't know how William Penn handled that, but I do know at some point or another he ceased to to wear the sword. So um, I see what you're saying, and I would love to to see a world where um, voting was either done away with completely and all uh, situations were voluntary or a world where when we did vote on things that you had to have unanimous uh, approval in order to get something done, which I think is essentially the same as not voting on something. Would yeah. you agree? Yep, unity. Yeah, having unity on a, on a particular <laughs> oh, subject. Well, I don't know about I call it that, but yeah. You'd, you'd think that you could get pretty if – it, if it's good law, you should be able to get unity on, on the good laws, right? It's yeah. the bad ones that people disagree on. Yeah. And so um, anyway, you're you're going to be handing out these these little flyers to people, suggesting that they uh, you know not vote and get out of the political process. What are you hoping? What's your uh, hope and desire for this this situation? I think that if I just introduce an idea to people that they've never even considered before, because they've been in, you know indoctrinated so thoroughly into this whole religion of statism so much that, that they just take they just take it for granted. I mean people just it's just a given to most people and it's it's hardly even been suggested to them uh that that it, that it may not be that there is actually there are other things you can do other than what's been sort of stuck in front of you on this silver platter like here this is what you can do to become active and to change things and and it's and it, and, and this uh, is your one it's option. Like a, yeah, it's like it's like if you were trying to defend a castle, you might have one section of the castle. Actually, I heard someone say this on YouTube. I can't take credit for this, by the way. Uh, if you had a castle and you had like um, you make this one part that looks really vulnerable, you know, like like this one opening, hoping that people will go for that. I like, see. look, that's the easy way to get in, and and people go for that. And of course, that's where all your soldiers are, and and all your armaments and defendants are are right there at that at that spot. And and it would actually just they would be totally taken off guard if you climbed over the back of the you know the back wall or something and went to the effort to climb over the back wall. It might looks it looks harder, but 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 they don't want you to do that, and so they they divert you to this like easy target. So um, I I would love to comment on all the things you've said there. However, this is the show about your calls, and uh, it looks like Hannah from New York. Hannah, Hannah, can you hear me now? Can Hello, you, Hannah. Are you, you on? Are you there? Can you hear me now? Apparently, we don't have Hannah. So um, let's. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm here. There we All go. All right. Okay. Yeah, you can hear me. Um, so yeah, I wanted to comment on the voting issue. Um, I haven't been tuned in the whole time, so I don't know exactly what's been said. But um, 
I'm not registered to vote. I've never been registered to vote. Um, I think it's it's generally a waste of time. But I think that, you know, someone can participate in the system. Someone can vote um, in an attempt to sway the outcome without necessarily agreeing to the system itself. Yeah. You, you can um you can certainly uh you can I understand that that sort of um that strategy and it, it's and it took me a long time to let go of that and I to stop believing in that really I I just feel like it, it to me it's sort of I just kind of look at it as short sighted maybe it, it it might look it just it looks like wow you know if I just do this you know you know we can and and I and I think in the long run it's it's just um. It's. I think it's. Uh, I don't think. I don't. I don't really think that the um, that it, it that it makes a big difference one way or another. Like who gets elected. I really find oh, they do the same thing. Just it doesn't make a big anyway. difference. I will agree with you on that. And I don't. I can't predict what they're going to do either. Even you know they, you know, they, they almost never do what they say they're going to do. And so I really feel like I'm playing a game with other people's lives, and I don't want to play that game. Well, um, you know? now I happen to know the town that you live in, and they're trying very, very, very hard to build a nice brand new school system with uh, or school there with uh, all the the bells and whistles that go into a, a new school and they need to get 66 percent of the people to agree in your town of the people that that go and they've actually had this same vote eight times or seven times at this point it's been voted down every single time but they bring it up it's like a zombie it keeps on rising brains taxes taxes <laughs> and it keeps on rising from the mire and I guess my question to you is, are you going to be able to go on voting day? Whatever, and I don't think that issue is coming up on this particular voting day on November 3rd. But when it comes up again, when the, when the zombie rises, will you be able to – Are you? do you intend to go to the voting booth and, and pick up your spade and try to try to smack the zombie back down? You mean am I going to vote? Yes. Are you going to vote when uh, oh, no, when your neighbors not. are being threatened by the zombie of no. uh, brain taxes eating zombie? No. Um, no. You're just not. You're not going to go. It, no. But it, it's been it, voted down all these times, and vote? they keep bringing it up. It's it's you know it's if they're that determined, they're probably going to do it. My one vote well, will not be nearly as powerful as me going out and using my voice as, and speaking as loudly and clearly and consistently as possible that this is not the way it should be done. I concur. That's much more valuable to me than that one vote that might sway it one way or the other. I concur one time. that you can speak, uh, but on that I subject, think our caller people, wants to respond to that. Actually. Uh, Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to interject. Well. Yeah, I, Dale, I see what you're saying, but um, just because the vote can't be as powerful, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have any power. And I'm thinking specifically in Connecticut with the election coming up um, between Christopher Dodd and Peter Schiff. I mean, Peter Schiff is, to me, seems extremely pro-liberty. And uh, I don't know how powerful, you know, my individual vote could be, but um, I mean, it's something. And, you know... I think maybe more in local elections, it's uh, votes are can make more sense than. Is it on every single issue? Is he pro liberty over over Dodd? Um, he and you're supports that? some taxation. And you're certain he's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do? Well, he's been in, uh, in a long well, time. Well, I, I don't yeah, know. I the know. example I can think of, with, for instance, was um, in the, and I didn't vote, for instance, for Ron Paul, and he seemed to me, in my best judgment, to be the most pro liberty candidate of all of them. But I, for instance, just take one issue on immigration. He was actually kind of 
Um, he was wishy-washy. More than wishy-washy. He, he ran ads saying, you know, showing people swimming and climbing fences and talking about how we need to crack down on those legal when immigrants. He, when I had him on the show, he was more wishy-washy. Oh, okay. But well, you know how politicians are, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I, honestly, I don't know what he would have done on that. It sounded like yeah. he, you know, he, he seemed to hold this view that, um, you know, crack down on illegal immigration at least until the welfare state's over. And then he probably would have loosened up on it. Um, and then there was, um, oh, crap, I'm blanking. I do this bad on names. But the um, New Mexico... Uh, the um, Adam Kokesh? candidate Kokesh, the Democratic candidate from New Mexico, um, Richardson, Bob Richardson. Yeah, Bob Richardson. That's it. He he almost certainly would have been more immigrant friendly than than Ron Paul and more liberty leaning in that direction. So I feel like I'd be sacrificing immigrants for other liberty issues if I voted for Ron Paul over him. Sacrificing them on the top of the pyramid of immigration. <laughs> Free Talk Live. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Call in on the SACL CAI lines. And, uh, well, we're here to take your calls, talk about what you want to talk about. And it looks like we've got Stephen in Delaware. Stephen, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Okay, I Stephen. am absolutely mind blown by the show. This is the first <laughs> time I've heard of you. It happens. Uh, you're on WGMD down here in Delaware. Yeah, um, that's apparently true. replacing Mike Savage. Yes, we're um, we're the opposite of Mike Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am a non-voter. My my voting privileges have been revoked. Really? Um, however, you you guys bring back the ghost of '68 uh, when when the uh, uh, the yippies uh, descended on Chicago and basically made a mockery of the system. And I am entirely in agreement with, with what your guest has been saying, that, that voting is at, at best a ritual and, and at worst a, a requirement of uh, an overly, uh, how should I say, uh, give me words. I, 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 intrusive? It's a, yeah, how about a... Exactly. How about a uh, how about a bizarre uh, and contrived justification for violence against innocent people? Uh, I am a victim of that. Uh, I recently won a litigation after having my rib cage smashed for exercising my right of self defense. I was beaten by prison guards. I won my litigation, proving my point, and. Uh, 
I, I just, uh, I, I have my words, my words fail me, and that's not me. I usually have words for everything. Well, ra- radio's that way. You, you, get a, you get a little nervous. It's your first time on. It's no big deal. Um, that's what we're here for. Now, I've, uh, so you, in the state of Delaware, one cannot vote if one is a convicted felon? Absolutely. That, that's so? Okay. I believe it's, that's the case in California, too. I think I met someone in California who couldn't vote for because of that. I will, you, you would have to look that up on the internet. I can tell you for certain that that is the case in Florida. I was, I am a convicted felon and, uh, having been in Florida, I can, uh, and I went back recently and the, you know, for a pardon in front of the governor, I had been out 10 years and they had the option of restoring any or all of my rights at once, any of them that they wanted to. And apparently Charlie Crist considered me too dangerous to vote. I'm not too dangerous <laughs> to collect taxes from. However, I am too dangerous to vote. <laughs> Now, which I think is a funny situation because that's how the king, King George, felt with the colonists. You know, he felt that they were they were good enough to t- collect taxes from, but not good enough to vote. And look what he got out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, caller. Well, I, I I just applaud you guys for bringing this up. I'm like I said, I'm listening to you for the first time, and um, my mind is blown that that you're expressing so many feelings that I've been sitting on. I also happen to be the founder of Woodstock Sound Out 1967, uh, which was the first and only festival held in Woodstock. Hmm. And uh, we celebrated freedom. Uh, in 68, we celebrated in the streets of Chicago. Now, didn't... In what, what, in I, I hear what you're saying. we buried the hippies. There's been so many uh, comparisons between the, the 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 freedom movement of today and the uh, the hippies and the yippies and and that kind of thing. But so many of the people of that movement it turned turned out sort of to be socialists. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that subject, because obviously socialism isn't isn't about freedom. If if you're not if you're not a uh, liberal at at 21, you don't have a heart. If you're still a liberal at 60, you don't have a brain. Sounds good. Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. And uh, so, uh, thoughts on uh, thoughts on that, Dale? Yeah, I, no, I I can totally relate to that. I mean, if anything, take consolation in the fact that they took a right from you uh, that they manufactured, and it is uh, it's just a silly diversion anyway. And um, and uh, yeah, I can I tell feel, you, I feel for him because it's very possible that he uh, was um, in there for a victimless crime, which means he's not a criminal in the first place. Uh, it's also very possible that um, he uh, did, just didn't, just frankly, even if he did do something wrong and violated a person, there was a victim. That what was happening to him was not, uh, there was not. Um, yeah, even was over if, was an overreaction, and he didn't deserve that. Even so. if you're talking about violent crimes or, or property th- crimes, you're you're certainly uh, there's there's much better ways of taking care of them than our current legal system. Absolutely, um, yeah. you know that that's my opinion. I, Ian here uh, with us, he's uh, deciding to to show up and sit down at the yes, mic number I'm two. Back. Here I am. Yep. Do you want to know why I'm late? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> let's talk to Mike in New Hampshire. Oh, great. Sorry, callers Good. come first. Ian. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't even know. Show about your call, Mike. I, shut up, Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? It's been like it's that up. chair. That's what corrupts people. Sorry, be quiet, Dale. Or I'll Go turn off your caller. mic. I'm sorry, Mike. You guys there? Yes. Well, you give him a little yeah. taste of power, and look what he does with it. <laughs> They're just talking all over you, man. Ian, what's up? It's Big Mike. Big Mike, Mike, what's on your mind, dude? All right. Hey, I was going to call in tonight and talk about this uh, volunteerist outreach on election day. Uh, Dale, I think it's a great idea. Um, I heard you're going to be doing it out in Manch. 
Yeah, in Manchester, New couple, Hampshire. I've got a couple people that are probably going to help me out. I don't know for sure yet if I'm going to do this at one of the polling locations or maybe just downtown around lunchtime. It's going to be hard to. That's not know, a bad idea, everything. actually. I mean, that's not what I was suggesting, but um, you know, since the polls may not be terribly busy this particular election, so. So, Mike, in your wildest dreams, what do you hope to accomplish with your your uh, anti-voting campaign on November the third? Hey, dude, if I talk one person out of it, I'm happy. But, you know, talking one person out of it, does that achieve anything? Because people are still going to vote, right? And they're still going to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah, they they still are. I was kind of joking there. Uh, You know, to me, the the thing that I was kind of looking forward to is is just to spread the idea that there is another option out there for people. We don't need the government to do every little thing for us. you know, we can work together, I think, on a lot of common goals that most people share on a voluntary basis to come up with solutions to problems that we have that we face every single day. Um, and I think this was a good way that, you know, just to let people know that we're able to do that. Um, I don't see a lot of people breaking away from the political process anytime soon. I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys are there, and I'm definitely there. But we're a long way off from, you know... Wait, 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 wait. Mike, when you say we're there, what do you mean? Well, I mean, Ian, you and I both are... I, I, I assume, anyway, that you're a voluntarist like I am. Well, I'm a voluntarist who votes occasionally. I mean, I'm going to be uh, voting this time around. I voted in the primary. There's a local guy here in Keene. He's one of the bloggers at freekeen.com. His name is Nick. And uh, he's a great guy, and I I believe that he's sincere and that uh, he's also somebody who believes in liberty truly and is not interested in imposing his way on others through force. And so I have no problem uh, getting behind his uh, his campaign and supporting him. Mark, you and I went out and handed out some flyers the other day for him. We're going to be going out and doing that again uh, this week. I'm purchasing some radio advertisements for him uh, on the local radio station. And I understand that politics is a really poor return on investment. Really poor. I mean, you don't get a whole lot for what you put into it. Uh, at least that's been my experience at it. But I do understand that uh, the the system does still exist. It is paid attention to and thought of as, as important by a lot of people. And if I can get a message of liberty out through their little system that they uh, they allow us to play with, then I I have no problem doing that. I'm I'm interested in doing what will get the ideas of freedom into as many ears as possible. And if that means supporting somebody who's principled, like uh, like a Nick or, you know, Ron Paul, pretty darn close to being really principled. Uh, you know, I wasn't I didn't have a problem getting behind his campaign either. Uh, but certainly I'm putting more effort into the local guy in this in this particular case. So I don't think that being a voluntarist necessarily means that you won't participate in their little system that they put up for you. Where's your pride, man? Where's my pride? <laughs> I like yeah, your I, uh, I, you know, it, it's. It, I'm not saying that there aren't candidates out there that I sometimes agree with. You, you know, some of the, something that's on their platform. Um, in, in that regard, I would probably make a pretty good candidate. I mean, I'm sure I would vote for me. The, the issue that I have with it is the system itself, and not so much the candidates that often run in, within the system. Um, what happens to the people that you know don't appreciate some of the views that? or some of the things that Nick Ryder, I'm using him as an example, or Ron Paul, would put forward if they were elected and, and had their chance to pass some type of legislation, and they didn't care for it. I mean, there are people that are out there that want that. To me, it kind of looks like maybe we're forcing 
uh, a, a liberty solution on somebody that may not need it. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to address that. Can we come back and bring uh, bring Mike back around here? Um, I'd like because I don't really understand um, this question. Um, <laughs> hang on, Mike. Okay, Mike. We're coming up here on Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And I'd, I'd asked Mark if he wanted to wrap the show up and, and you know do the entire show in this chair and he passed on it so my chair is much more comfortable that that, that chair was going straight to his head it's a good was thing he got really? him out was, of it was yes. he doing something before i arrived he was getting all power trippy and stuff in that chair be quiet you, i'll turn your mic off dale you did turn my mic down mark uh all right so we're back and we i noticed take... your mic's turned up higher than my mic no it's not actually so you can talk over me <laughs> not at all uh 800-259-9231 take the startpage.com seven day challenge for seven days use your startpage.com use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy inside of your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com, and I use it every single day. I've been using it. I like the the idea that I'm just safe inside the search and that you know it's not being you know I, not I being added to a list somewhere. I saw someone start a conversation on a thread somewhere about like what are some ways that we can have privacy with our searches and uh, they were doing all they were kind of with all these elaborate little things to do and and, yeah. and I'm like just go to startpage. <laughs> yep, startpage.com it'll it'll solve all your problems. All right, uh, we, you guys have been talking about voting. Apparently, uh, Dale's doing his voluntarism election day outreach. And so I wasn't privy to most of the conversation. You brought me up to speed uh, while while we we're on the break there. And so I know we do have Mike on the line still in uh, New Hampshire. And Mike, you're you're back on Free Talk Live. Um, so what was it that you were saying right before the break? I I was a little confused about what you were getting at. Well, okay. Look, I I think Nick is a good guy. The couple of times that I've met him, uh, if I were to still vote, I probably would vote for him. But what happens in a situation where there's something that I disagree with Nick on? Um, is he still going to force me to go along with it? And if he's enabling legislation, that's exactly what happens. Right. So I, I see. I see know, where you're coming from. You're, you're saying that even if you agree with a political candidate on, you know, what you might consider 99% of uh, the issues, there might be one thing in which uh, they do something that is uh, that is disagreeable. And so, therefore, right. you would withhold your vote um, from that per- from that person. Well, I would be kind of curious to hear what his response would be. I mean, what level of violence would he use against me if I decided that I wasn't willing to go along and be a participant in whatever it was that he was trying to do politically? I'm pretty what sure. If, what if it, what he was trying to do politically was to pare down the amount of government that uh, is imposed upon people and the uh, taxes and that kind of thing? Well, he doesn't need me to do that. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, you know, I, I came here to live as a free person, so I, you know, 
the whole political system, I don't need that to happen. It's good for other people that are afraid to, you know, not follow their silly laws. And, uh, right, right. I, look, I Mike, think, I, see, I see what you're saying there, and I can't answer for Nick. He's not here right now. I, I, um, but, I but I can tell you that I know Nick, and I've known him for quite a while at this point, and he's a pretty principled dude, and his intention is not to impose his way upon anybody. Uh, from what I can tell, so I don't expect that. I don't expect that you'd see the power going to his head, but you know, you never know. I suppose. Uh, all, all that said, though, Mike, don't you think it's more important? I mean, don't you think that it's worthwhile to, um, you know, to not have really tyrannical sickos in there as opposed to somebody that, that's you know principled, somebody that's going to you know maybe take an oath to only reduce the size of government. Well, okay, look. It- it's, it's, we're, we're going back to Nick, and I didn't want to, like, you know, use him as the only example. Let's, this, let's but... presume Nick will take the pledge, the small government pledge that says that he'll, uh, he'll vote to I, reduce I? the size of government every issue every time. Okay. Wait, and when well, you're done, I want to respond to that, sure. too. I mean, I mean th- that's fine, but now there's just him that's there right now, okay? Mm-hmm. I- I- if you were to be elected amongst, I don't know how many city councilors that you guys have in there, and I don't want to come out and, you know, try to rain on the guy's parade and say, you know, he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting anything done that he wants to do, things that I, I might actually think are good ideas, but, you know, he, he's going to be able to put the, you know, the solution out there or a, a proposal for a solution, and I don't know what... I mean, do you think he's going to be able to change the minds of the other people that sit on the city council of Keene? Oh, I don't have any expectation that he'll even win, but right. at the same time, I don't have a problem supporting a, a you know method of getting the ideas of freedom out into people's heads. I mean, that's okay. that's what a political campaign to me is valuable for. As somebody who who loves freedom but hates politics, I find it icky to participate in politics. But at the same time. If you're participating, then you get newspaper articles written about you. You get radio interviews. If you don't participate, you don't get those things. You know, it's, uh, I think that the Pope, the current Pope of the Catholic Church, is a really tyrannical sicko. And uh, I, could, I, agree. I could probably have a stronger voice. I wouldn't be able to vote necessarily. I don't think that's how they do things. But I could probably have a stronger vo- vo- voice uh, to express that if I joined the Catholic Church and became Catholic. But it's much more um, meaningful for me to say, keep that religion out of my life mm-hmm. and let me not be Catholic. So it doesn't matter what that tyrannical sicko says. And that I would much rather f- spend my efforts that way. And I look at my voluntarism outreach the same way as saying, look, this is politics is another religion. You've got your, the president, which is your pope of that religion. And you've got your archbishops and bishops and, and, and priests and everything just as well. And your enforcers and all that. And I'm like, look at that as a religion that I don't want to be imposed on me. And that shouldn't be imposed on anyone who doesn't believe in it. And I think this whole notion of being um, outside of that system, outside of statism, is progressing. The whole idea of it is progressing in the same way that atheism did, you know, maybe 20 years ago. Only Dale, I, think I it's respect your position, and I think that if you yeah. don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you to participate. I'm just talking about why, as a voluntarist, I do. Yeah. Because I started somewhere, and where I started was in the system. And if it weren't for Harry Brown uh, running as a, the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate, maybe I wouldn't have come across the uh, the Liberty message. Maybe I would have. Uh, obviously, it's speculation because I don't know how right. it would have shaken out. But I do know that it was Harry Brown's presidential campaign, which was a very, very principled message. It wasn't like Bob Barr, 
that guy wouldn't know principle if it hit him in well, the face. Maybe but, the voluntarism outreach will get will reach more people than Nick Ryder's campaign. Maybe it will. I think that I think that all of the above should be done. I would be willing to do voluntarism outreach and at the same time work for Nick Ryder. I mean, that's essentially what I'm doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got this show. I do it six nights a week. I talk about voluntarism on this program, and at the same time, I'm supporting Nick Ryder's uh, political campaign so we can get a message of liberty at least amongst all of the uh, you know the nastiness that's out there in the political system. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, a, a couple of things. First of all, when when you said that, you know, <clears throat> at running for office, you get political airtime. You know, you get media coverage. Mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that's the only thing that can get political coverage or media coverage because look at the events that are, you know, the 420 celebrations. I didn't say it was the only thing, Mike. Right, I, didn't okay. say, oh, I didn't say I didn't say that. I just said okay, they I, give you coverage that you otherwise would not have received. Right, but I do think that there are other ways that we can also get, you know, the message. Absolutely, out I, there. as I said, I think politics is the worst form of getting the ideas out. But right. I think it's it's folly to ignore them. In fact, I was just talking with one of the other activists here in uh, in town, and he's one of the kind of the people that's been here for a while. And we were uh, discussing the issue, and he mentioned that he was thinking about getting involved in running a campaign and, and bringing a little more political action out here to Keene. Because, and I agreed with him. I said they hate it. The politi- the political people will tell you on one hand, "Oh, you guys should get involved in the system," but then when when voluntarist types and uh, and outside the system types actually get involved in the system, they hate it. They can't stand it because they don't know what to say. They they it can't respond. It is making respond. them out to be the hypocrites they are. They yeah. can't respond. To the things that we say, they can't make any points against because we're, you know, the, the voluntary's position is just so logical and it makes so much sense. Thank you for the call tonight, Mike. Appreciate the thoughts. 800 259 9231. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. FreeTalkLive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938. Gold.FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features include live streams, broadband version of the show, a dial-up version as well. Also, a webcam, listen lines. Those are available 24 hours a day. All of it's available for you any old time at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. .com and audible.com is the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want just like a podcast and Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose in every genre. Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com/ftl. That's audiblepodcast.com/ftl. Uh, so let's continue taking your phone calls and go to Corby listening in Florida on the amp lines. Hello Corby. 
Hey, guys, I just wanted to talk about our voting choices. And, you know, all my life I was taught, oh, people die till you have the right to vote and all the same propaganda that, you know, they fed us with. But I was curious just now as to when was the last time we had an independent as president, and actually we never have. Every United States president has either been a Federalist, a Democratic Republican was one of the parties, or a Whig, or then a Democrat or a Republican. So there's always been a member of a party, so it's either one of two choices, or, you know... Wait a second. Um, Didn't Theodore Roosevelt run in his second term as the Bull Moose Party and win? Um, According to the website I'm looking at, it's not showing this, but I might be wrong. I did show that Andrew Johnson was a war union party, but I also show him listed as a Southern Democrat somewhere else, so... Some of the parties do not preclude membership in other parties, and I think it might even be the case with the Libertarian Party. Uh, It might now you can't officially probably vote. You probably have to officially be something else, but you can like, for instance, the way I'm I'm pretty sure when you join the Libertarian Party, you you can still be uh, registered as a Republican or a Democrat and still be a member of the Libertarian Party. I believe you're correct about that. Not that I would recommend that anybody become a member of the Libertarian Party. No, me neither. Principled (laughs) joke of an organization. Corby? Yeah, that's kind of why, like, even Ron Paul was, you know, the Border Patrol stuff, he was running as a Republican, which I think he would have done better as an independent, personally. But you know, Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, Being I don't... Republican helped him get into the debates and things, yeah. at least some of them, although they, they tried to keep him out as much as possible. Having Ron Paul in the, the few debates that he was in, I think, was really great publicity for him and his ideas, and that, I'm sure his appearances in those debates brought people on board with the, the, the Liberty Movement. A lot of those people have gone on to become voluntarists, so I do have to – that's one of those things in retrospect I had to say. You have to acknowledge some it. some good came out of it. Yeah. You know? So, Corby? Yeah. Well, it just seems, you know, that he was biased by the media so much. I mean, you would just watch – I would clearly watch him win a debate, and when they would do the who won, they would just be like – he was like he wasn't even there. And the, the audience, like he would clearly win, in my opinion, and everybody that watched it, but – they would just give completely different biased result, you know, to what happened. All you know, so. Wasn't the, what was the one thing with Fox News? Remember, there was one uh, one of the debates. Fox uh, was, I guess, doing it, and then they had the little the phone text poll. Yeah. Do you remember that one where Ron Paul was winning, 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 and then something? What happened at the end of that? They changed. I, I don't recall exactly well, what I remember the one where that? Sean Hannity said, well, this is an obvious mistake. Right, right. They were, they were they downplaying were, it. So right. it was they were that saying Ron, that somehow the, the, their, their own phone poll was spoofed in some yeah. way or another. Right. So they were blaming uh, the, Ron, the Ron Paul's win of their poll on the fact that Ron Paul's uh, activists are more active. Um, and, and, and they went to pretty good, pretty good lengths to keep it from being hackable. I know they, for instance, you know, you can only do one phone. vote and it, from each phone. So right. you know, and everyone else could do that for their own candidates too. Absolutely. So really, if it, if if it's true that more people, uh, you know, supported the other candidates, they didn't show it because they didn't call in to support their candidates, and so it was embarrassing to the Fox News people because they, you know, obviously were supporting uh, the alternatives. They did not want to support Ron Paul. But, uh, Corby, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, there was evidence all over the place of how the, the mainstream media was essentially sidelining Ron Paul and ignoring Ron Paul and, uh, and making fun of Ron Paul. And, of course, now some of those uh, people that have made fun of Ron Paul, like Glenn Beck, 
uh, have essentially uh, eaten some crow and admitted that Ron Paul was right on a number of things and have now at least embraced him to some extent. It's so typical for them to embrace a liberty, uh, like a libertarian style message right. when they're not winning, when their guy isn't in there, when they're not winning, when, when they're the not Democrats doing well. Are, yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but, but you have to expect that, Corby. You have to expect as a liberty-oriented candidate or running any sort of libertarian or liberty-oriented campaign that you will be marginalized as much as possible. That's just the way they do it. Yeah, going back to find a fifty million dollar contract, so I would say whatever they told me to for that kind of money, you know. I mean if I it's just I'm sure he changes his poll based on whatever, you know, his either his readers or his, you know, you know, whatever program director tell him to be supportive of. So who is that, who's making kind of, fifty million dollars? Glenn Beck signed a fifty million dollar contract with one of them, like a ten wow. year uh, yeah, it's just something crazy money and it's like I might yeah, very I, I, well I, I, say whatever I was told then, too, but I, I don't know. I mean, what I've seen from Glenn Beck is a guy who appears to be, to my mind, to what I can see, moving from, as I did at one point, sort of the Republican uh, standpoint to a more liberty-oriented standpoint. I think he has a ways to go. He's not moving fast enough for my taste. However, I do know just how difficult it is to stand, to change once your voice has been recorded and, and is every day you, you, you've got the pressure on to remain the same, to remain consistent, to not change your point of view on things. I think more people now are getting their news not from just the big three. Like it used to be if Walter Conkright didn't say it was news, it was people didn't believe it, where now it's the Internet and all these other media. So I think there's actually more of a chance of, like, Sarah Palin may even run as an independent, which I don't support her necessarily, but I'd like to see get away from this two-party system because we can't even vote out income tax. I, mean, I don't think you'll ever see herself. it. I, I think I you'll know, see the, f- the fall of the federal government before you'll see them get away from the two-party system, personally. Corby, thanks for the call. Yeah. The system, hearing from the system yeah, is actually, absolutely set up to be a exactly. two-party system. Exactly. A straight-up majority voting thing. You, you, there's no way for a small for smaller parties to compete. And what happens is they, they either merge together, they it's, join up to a larger one, they, you know, whatever. It's winner-take-all. That's the the nature, and I don't know everything about the parliamentary processes that many other countries use and everything, but I can tell you that what my opinion is is that the way that the United States system is set up, that uh, you know, you're, you're basically your candidate wins or your vote was wasted because, well, if you voted for Al Gore, or John Kerry, or uh, John McCain, your vote didn't count. No, I I do know I don't know in detail, but I know there are places in Europe and such where. You, that you can get a portion of the votes, that a certain party member can get a certain portion of the votes and have a certain amount of votes then in government. So there's representation. representation. Right. It's, it's, but um, that hasn't done know. anything to uh, stem the flow of socialism. Oh, I'm not saying it does. You know? <laughs> I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying that they actually right. do. You can actually get into government and have a say sure. uh, um, with, uh, with, and without it being a two-party system. You so, can get into government so, and be ignored from within the government, Yeah, right? exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> yes, we, our, our system is two-party by design. Exactly, and the two yeah. parties don't want to let that go. Exactly. And and that's you know that's the sort of thing when you get some guy like Ron Paul who manages to break the mold he still his votes don't count because the stuff that he wants to get through generally doesn't go now he's had some real luck 
his his uh with this audit the Fed bill, the things that he's been saying for over a decade now, two decades now. What's going uh, on with that, by the way? What the audit the Fed? Yeah. Um, they've there's there's this Trojan horse that the Senate is introducing that is an entirely different bill altogether. Oh really? So they may very well try to co-opt the message. I, I don't um, think it was that powerful of a of a bill to be right. Essentially, it's, it's, it was way overrated by a lot of people. They, they thought, oh, the Fed's going to be exposed for what it is. It's no, well, Ron no, Paul's bill is pretty powerful, but I don't know that his bill is going to be matched in the Senate. See, this is the problem when it when it comes to politics. It's yeah. that sausage making thing again. You know, his his bill, although it was great, may very well not be the one that gets passed. And then and then once it does get passed, people say they'll they'll say, see, the the Fed's great that we've audited them and everything that they did is just fine and dandy. Mm. So they're doing their job. Their yeah. job is to print money out of thin air. <laughs> That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're doing it. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. I I still got to explain why I was late. I'll get to that here. It's It's a pretty interesting little story. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you enjoy this program, you can help support the show by shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that uh, you buy... Even if it's used, and they do sell used items at Amazon, uh, we'll get a cut. And it's the same great Amazon prices. Go ahead, check them. Go through the regular Amazon.com. If you don't believe me, uh, it's the same. It's just it's our special portal that allows us to get a percentage of Amazon's profits. So enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done, especially because the holiday season is approaching. All right, so we will continue taking your phone calls, and we'll go to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, happy Halloween, Ian. Mark, hey, Scott. Bill, Boom. How are you? Good. Pretty good. good. You, you notice I didn't call you Scott the Bigot this time around because uh, because I felt that the last conversation we had that you'd made some progress, Scott, that you would, you'd come to at least a, a step toward the idea of understanding that human beings are, are human beings. And, and you, Ian, are doing so well with that condescending thing. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, I, to... I, I, I want to thank you for being honest. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still an anti-Semite. I'm still a bigot. But I, okay. I'm not here to to spoo that tonight. The more I listen to you, and, and, and it, it only reinforces uh, uh, what what I've believed. Uh, I have no faith in our government. I don't vote. I've been listening intently what your discussion. I don't vote. It's not because I'm lazy. It's not because I'm stupid. It's not because I'm backward. I feel. I'll give you an analogy, gentlemen. If I gave you, if you won a contest and said, "What, what did you? You asked me, what did you win, Scott?" And I told you, well, you have a choice. You could either have 100 pounds of cow manure or 100 pounds of pig dung. Which would you take? Yeah, that's kind of what voting's like. I won't vote. It's an insult to my intelligence because of special interests. You're, ex- you're merely exchanging garbage A for garbage B. Another aspect of our government, our young boys, are, I think I discussed this a few weeks ago with you, are dying. Eight or nine or ten have died in Afghanistan. 
They're dying for nothing. That's true. They're dying for for old men. Well, now Obama is is a young man, but what I'm saying is yes. they're dying for selfish men with with political re aspects. They won't have their sons and daughters die. I wouldn't fight for this country. I wouldn't vote for this country. Do I hate this country? America used to be a great country. Emphasis on used to be. People were decent. I've never seen such a Hollywood selfish mentality. We're depraved. Our people are so... Everything is just is, is a five-minute uh, attention span on what's going, what, what uh, Manny Ramirez is, is hitting or what, 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 or what uh, uh, Brad Pitt is wearing or what Jennifer Aniston... You know, I share those. I share those same frustrations, uh, Scott. And I, th- I thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I, you know, pop I, I culture don't... is really, really important to people, and the I th- things I... that should be important aren't. I think that uh, you know the, the some of the ways that he put it are probably kind of too harsh to get people to listen to some of your concerns. But I don't disagree entirely. I, I do think that Manny Ramirez is hitting as amazing as it might be for a baseball player, is not the most important thing facing the United States and that people should probably be tuned into... Uh, I couldn't you know, even tell you who Manny Ramirez plays for. I don't even know. Um, he left the Red Sox recently and went to some other team. But that's all uh, they always do. They're always floating around. Yeah, that's the you know that's one thing about baseball. Uh, you know, getting off topic. That's one thing about baseball and any other sport that kind of bothers me about it because you know when you look at it, what is it that you're voting for when it comes to rooting for your team? And there's really nothing. What is static about your team? Some, some the mascot. Guy, they come and they yeah, go. The uh, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not from you know a, a given region like your high school football team. The would team be. members are from all over the place. Yeah, some of them are from out of the country. Some of them are from uh, across the country. You know, they're just from all over the place. So, you know, there's great guys out there that play very well. But when you when you're voting for your team, you're either you. It seems to me you vote for one of uh, a very few reasons. One, uh, some guy that you liked at one point or another, was playing for that team, and then you decided you imprinted on that team like you would your mother, Mama. and then you're, you know, that's your team. So <laughs> if you liked Joe Money back from uh, San Francisco 49ers, and now about you the like... the refrigerator from the Giants way back you when? Know, you know, Perry was a heck of a player, right? I mean, he had, he had a lot of, uh, you know, had a lot of verve, as it were. So... You know, but or you like the colors? I've I've heard people actually say that they like the colors of the team, and I think it's reason enough. It's reason enough, I suppose. Or you like them because they're close to where you are, sort of this, uh, you know, pick whatever term you want. This kind of tribal mentality or whatever. This uh, this idea that uh, you know because How long they kind of go on on this. <laughs> well, but, I, I think it's just weird, don't you? Don't you think it's yeah. odd? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not I, a sports fan myself. So. I like to see people perform. I like men's sports gymnastics well. and men's like diving. And I'll swimming. bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you do. You I like have no see... idea what they're doing, but I watch it if it's on. Yeah, you, know? you like the to transfixed. see those. Yeah, you like to see it's those. A, it's the, the buff little guys. Thing. I just don't understand. <laughs> doing their their iron crosses with a sock in their pants. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of how I feel about sports. Sports are silly. I like to yeah. watch them, and people don't understand why I will say, "Yeah," when I. I see a good play, and then I'll say, yeah, when I see the other team make a good a play. Good play yeah. I love to see a good play. I don't even, right. some half the time, know who these guys are. Sure. I don't even know the colors of the team. I like to see people who do what it is that they're doing well. Sometimes I don't know a good play from a penalty, by mm-hmm. the way, but 
uh, you know, as long as you're entertained. Right. I I, I had to tend to be entertained. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So tonight, I called in a few moments before the show to say, Mark, can you can you take the reins? I'm, I'm going to be running late. And I've never stayed late at one of my meetings for the, the local public access channel here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, from where we do the show. But tonight, I had to. Tonight, I felt like, wow, I really did not want to miss this. Normally, board meetings are... Well, pretty boring. Boring. <laughs> um, but in this case, it was quite a situation. Allow me to set to set the stage for you. Now, public access for those that don't know, um, you know, because it's not available in all areas. It's definitely in bigger markets, places like L.A. and you know New York, places like that. Uh, bigger markets certainly have public access channels. Smaller ones may not have it at all. Um, so it just depends. Your mileage may vary depending on where you are. But the basic concept. As I've always understood it, and I've been on the uh, the board of directors of this local channel pretty much since I got here three years ago, and I'm still on there. In fact, I'm on for at least another two years before I come up for uh, to possibly be replaced. And the reason I got in was because I was I kind of got in before there were they were really adhering to their rules too strictly, and I came in and said I was interested in helping with this, and they said, okay, well we'll put you on. And I've been there ever since. Haven't missed a meeting. You know, it's one of my ways to get involved in the community, right? Because I'm, good idea. Know, I'm kind of a media-oriented guy, even though I do this radio show. I've certainly had some experience in, in producing some uh, some television programming. Not a whole lot, but, but enough to where I, I consider it a, a, a bit of a hobby of mine. And so I've been on this board, and for the most part, it's it's pretty uneventful. I mean, for the most part, it's just, you know, okay, we accept the minutes from the last meeting. You know, the executive director of the organization lets us know what's going on. We usually accept everything he says. It's usually a bunch of yes men. It's usually just people saying, okay, oh, yeah, uh-huh. great idea. Yep, sounds yeah, good. Yeah. All right, right. When can we Fine. go? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Is the pizza going to get delivered here? Yeah. Uh, well, if there was pizza, then I'd be another story. Diet, Dr. Pepper. But uh, so normally it's pretty uneventful. But within the last few weeks, there's been a program that's been running on the station that has been of a controversial nature. And the program is called When Elderly Attack. Now, it has nothing. The actual controversial uh, content has nothing to do with old people attacking anything. Uh, What happened was the footage that was in question involves a pumpkin. Now, neither of you have probably seen this. Uh, but what happens in the, in the footage is a point of view. So the camera is as though it is being, uh, you know, held by the person who is whose hand you see later in the video. Okay. And I'm going to try. And those to... are relatively easy to do for sort of the the guy who's producing his own video, the POVs. Yeah. Uh, you know, low it's, budget. Yeah, it's low budget. Uh, the setting was a bedroom, lights fairly low, pumpkin sitting on the bed, you know, blankets around surrounding the pumpkin. The guy who's uh, videotaping approaches the pumpkin, and when he zooms, when he closes in with the camera, you can see that there's a slit that's been carved in the pumpkin. And I knew immediately uh, where this was going uh, at this point. And he reaches his hand out and begins to, shall we say, digitally manipulate uh, the slit of the pumpkin. So he's rubbing the slit rubbing the, 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 the slit that's cut um, in the pumpkin. Correct. He's Putting his fingers into the slit, attempting to fit two in, makes a comment about how he can only fit one in. And is, it, is he moaning and kind of making you know, guttural I did, noises? Honestly, I didn't watch the, the full six minutes. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be that darn entertaining, but it does sound, sound kind of funny. It's probably funnier way. hearing it described in the actual video. Oh, I was laughing when I was watching it. I thought it was funny. Of course, I was also also laughing at the same time because I understood how offended some people would be by it. 
and so this is what kind of blew up the uh, the meeting tonight, and I'll I'll explain a little bit further about it. And, you know, it's it's a freedom of speech issue, I think, and uh, and I'm going to take a freedom of speech position on this. Hour three's coming up. Free talk live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And don't forget to visit Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. It is a comic site, first and foremost, uh, with a very, very pro-liberty theme to it. Uh, but also you'll get to uh, to hear some of the musings, the rantings, and the thoughts of uh, of one Dale Everett. So. Or download flyers for the outreach thing. Oh, for voluntarism uh, election day outreach. Yep. Good. Now, could those flyers be used on other days besides voting day? Or is it, oh, sure. Specifically designed oh, yeah, just for voting no, day? No, no. No, they can be used any time. Okay, cool. So go to anarchyinyourhead.com. Get more of Dale. As uh, we continue, we will take your calls about anything, if you make them. want to uh, tell you the rest of my story as to why I was late tonight, because I'm usually not late. To, no, it's to pretty uncommon that you're not uh, on the, doing the show. So, uh, just to recap for uh, people just tuning in, I am a member of the board of directors of the local public access television station. And when I moved here uh, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, uh, of course, freestateproject.org, where you can go to learn more about that. It's a movement of uh, thousands of liberty-minded people all converging on the same geographic location. It was suggested that a good thing to do would be to get involved in the community. And, uh, Dale, one of the things that you do to get involved is you're a volunteer at the local food kitchen. Yeah. And I'm a volunteer firefighter. You're a volunteer fire- firefighter. and I, I don't, volunteer. I'm, not a, I'm not a firefighter. I'm a fire person. Fire guy. I'm not fighting anything. Uh Wait, you're not fighting. I'm not He's fighting a fire putter outer. You're not fighting a fire. When I'm you not using that fire? terminology in my life. I see. Okay, gotcha. You're a fire extinguisher. Yeah. How about that one? Well, that's that's a, a little can. A little can? Yeah, it's a can with a hose on it. You could still be one who extinguishes, right? I'm a fire person. Anyway, so we are all involved to some extent in uh, these things. Now, one could point out that, I mean, we talk a lot about freedom and how the government is uh, is coercive and, and violent and, you know, it's a dangerous organization that hopefully will be ended someday. But um, at, at some level, everything that we're involved in is tied into the state, right? I mean, with uh, the public access channel that I am uh, on the board of, it wouldn't exist if the government didn't have a franchise agreement that essentially prevented uh, 
that that basically the the way a franchise agreement works is they uh, when the cable company comes into the area and says, "Hey, we want to provide your uh, this, this area with cable services," and the, you know they have to work with the government in order to get access to the poles so they can put their lines up and and that sort of thing. And so without the government saying, "A okay, yes, you can do this," and coming up with this franchise agreement, then uh, the the public access channel probably wouldn't exist because it's part of that. Yeah. Like the, the part of the deal of the franchise agreement is that you will provide this public access. You will uh, allow us to provide a public access channel. You'll give us the channel space to do this with, and you won't bill us for it, basically. Because odds are good if you wanted to start your own cable te- television station, you could probably talk to your local cable provider and get a quote from them on what it would cost to, uh, you know, to rent some channel space for a 24-hour channel. Yeah. But uh, so, so it's part of the deal, right? And so one could say, well, Ian, you're being unprincipled by, uh, by going and uh, being on the board of directors at this organization. And I could see where someone would be coming from in that particular case. However, as I was talking about last hour, I understand that there are certain things that we can do within the system to help the message of freedom get out. And I feel as though if I can be an influential voice on the board of directors for freedom, an influential voice for freedom on this board of directors of this public access station, then there's some value there. Because a lot of our um, local activists are utilizing that public access station to put their message on. Uh, I don't know, Dale, if you've put any of your videos up there yet, but you could if you wanted to. Uh, I know that Sam from ObscuredTruth.com puts his videos there. I know that uh, I didn't know that I could, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, you you absolutely could. Um, it, it, it's, the way it works is anybody can go down there that lives in the area and submit pretty much whatever they want for uh, putting it on air. That's what public access is all about. And so one could also claim that by simply putting a video on uh, the public access channel that um, that they are in some way being unprincipled. And I disagree entirely. I think that it's you know sort of the old example, Mark, that you that you've given in the past of you know if a, if a criminal comes and steals your money from you, and then the criminal goes and hands out your money in the center of town, are you unprincipled for going by and getting $10 back? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that this, that applies in this particular circumstance because the criminal hasn't taken the money. You don't have to pay for uh, the public access channel because the people that pay for the public access channel are the ones that choose to take cable. I can True. choose the government option in this circumstance, or I can choose direct TV or whatever. Or nothing. Or, or, or I can choose to, you know, I don't think that uh, not being able to, to choose to have television is necessarily the same choice. But, you know, so it, it is involved in there, but it's not force and coercion into the, nearly the same right. level that we're talking That's about. That's one of the reasons why I feel more comfortable being on this board of directors, because it is probably the least egregious government program that exists in this area. In that, uh, exactly as you're saying, Mark, the people that are buying the cable channels are essentially opting in to pay this particular tax. You don't have they to. They don't have to if they don't want to. Like, I've got cable modem at my and house. And cable companies enjoy monopolies provided to them by governments. You know, it's interesting. It's been claimed that uh, that if somebody uh, else... I heard can, Lee argue against that. Against well, that. it's been claimed. His, the, uh, the executive director of the organization, the public access channel, claims that the franchise agreement isn't exclusive here in Keene. So the claim is, and I don't know if it's true or not, uh, for all I know, they would still just deny anybody else who came and applied. But the claim is that if somebody else came and wanted to do a cable run in, in Keene, New Hampshire, they'd be able to. I don't know if it's you know true what? or not. You're, uh, th- you know, there's, that's possible. I think that if you look at the amount of infrastructure you'd have to put in to compete, yeah. uh, you'd be making, it'd be a huge risk. 
for yes. you know, and how many people are going to switch? It's sort of like incumbency, sure. you know. How well, many people are going to switch? It's you know, not you offer them, you know. It's so. not incumbent upon uh, the, the the legislators of Keene to decide whether or not the risk makes any sense for you. I think that if if they have allowed open the you know they they don't cre- have not created a monopoly in the area of uh, cable, then they've done a good thing. They claim that's the claim. I mean, and then there's and then there's things like uh, you know Directv and and I even I I seem to recall there was. Um, and I think we even tried it once when I was younger. I think someone tried to compete with cable with a broadcast version that used a decry- an encryption and decryption oh, really? thing. So you had you had, you were actually getting your stuff broadcast to you, your channels broadcast Didn't work out, to you. Huh? I don't think it made it. But uh, but that's a you know that is you know mm-hmm. an innovation. Good you know, for them try for something trying. Like that where yeah. you don't have to put so much infrastructure in. So, so at the, you know, when you're out at the community kitchen, Dale, when you're volunteering there, that's an organization that accepts money from the local government. I I am increasingly conflicted about that, I have to admit. But it it is such an excellent opportunity to get into my community and see people. Right, and they're the only ones that are doing it. They're the only ones that are really doing an effective job of getting food. And uh, I love the idea of people starting a free market alternative. I've heard people talk about it. But we're going to need a lot of people and a lot of um, you know, and experience. Steady volunteers. This is the one thing that uh, people that are you know they're just poo pooing all these things don't have. You've got a lot of hot air, but you don't know how to run an alternative because you've never done it. Oh no! Because you won't do anything but talk about how you won't get involved in somebody who is doing with somebody who is doing it. So what you have to do is get involved, figure out how it's done, figure out what right. the mistakes are being made, and then you can you know, p- perhaps set up some alternative. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and no doubt about that. And, and, and they are vastly, you know, hu- it's a huge infrastructure that is mostly not fr- those, you know, the, amount, the funds they get from the city. It's a very I mean, small most, percentage. Yeah, it's a fraction of what they're functioning on. So you're not just competing with, you know, a city plant program. You're competing with something that has dabblings from the city. Um, and, uh, you know, there are some advantages to the fact that you'd be doing a free market thing because you wouldn't have all the rate. You wouldn't have to be following all the regulations and everything that come with the strings that are attached. I hope to it that. happens someday. I, I do, too. But I think we are going to need more people to move here. And they are moving and get more people interested in doing that and have to be able to even compete in that area. And I think we should start off by supplementing it. Yes. Like, you know, like they don't do meals on Saturday at the soup kitchen locally. So uh, if we did an alternative, maybe we could get enough volunteers to show up once a week and make something happen and provide a go. meal for people that day when the other when the kitchen isn't doing it. So would you consider, Dale, that you working and I'll get back to the, the cable access thing, but just, just kind of the, the tangent of the discussion of working in community kind of areas that are tied into the government. Would you call that working in the, in the system? Uh, it's it's. It's there's some overlap. I mean, there's some overlap there. Like I said, it is predominantly a voluntary thing. How would you feel if you had the opportunity? If somebody came to you and said, Dale, we think you've been great here at the community kitchen, and we think you'd be great on the board of directors. Would you go for that? I uh, I don't know. Well, because what if on the board of directors you could have the influence the influence to suggest that hey, let's try to raise this money we're getting from the city without going to the city. You could do yeah, that. Or I, I probably would be. It's free talk lot. Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times best-selling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at nhrliberty.org. That's nhrliberty.org. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. So join in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, and those features include updates. Get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free... Spring, Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. It's FrontSight.com. Okay, so um, explaining in a roundabout fashion why it was <laughs> that I was late to the show by an hour and some tonight. And it's because I had a meeting about a free speech issue at the, the local cable access channel. But the discussion we'd gotten into before I really got into the detail on that was how all of the things that we're all doing, the three of us on the show tonight, uh, all of the community kind of activities that we're doing are in some way, at some level, tied into the state. And as unfortunate as that is, it hasn't prevented us from going and getting involved in these activities. Dale, it hasn't prevented you, the fact that the government is giving money to the soup kitchen, from going down and volunteering at the soup kitchen. Mark, it hasn't prevented you that you know the fire department uh, that is voluntarily uh, operated is you know, tied into the state. They're getting money from the, the local government, right? Sure. So you're They're also there. giving, apparently giving me a stipend. Um, I have not yet received a check. Um, apparently giving me a small amount of money for my time or effort or something I like see. that. And I don't know how much it is or anything like that. So there's, I'm actually getting a paycheck mm. from the government, however small it might be. I will likely use that check to offset the taxes that same government will charge yeah. me. And then the remainder of it I will in some way return to the community. Right. So just to get out there and get into the community, we find that in, in, inevitably, inexorably, we will be involved at some level you know, with the state. I think, yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, And I've always said, you know, people have called me a purist, and I always argue that because I don't think of myself as a purist. I mean, I do have uh, um, I feel like it's, you, you know, I don't want to be a I don't want to live in a booger hut. I don't want right. to be a hermit out in the woods, not functioning in society, and the state has its tendrils in into everything. everything. Uh, I do want those tendrils out, and I'm doing everything. I, I, I'm doing the most expedient things I, I think that you know, I can to, to affect that, but uh, – in the meantime, I have to function. I pay taxes Absolutely. at the moment. You know, we all do, even you some, because sure. you buy stuff and you have well, to pay sales tax. I pay tax property tax. You pay property tax <laughs> or they'll take your house. You know, we do a lot. We do this mostly under duress. Sure. And and in times like, you know, like you and I both have this situation. You're on the board of Cheshire TV. I work, I do volunteer work for a place that takes a little bit of city money. And so uh, we're, we're both in these situations where it's kind of, we have to make a judgment call. You know? So the, so what I wanted to say about this is that uh, we've made the call to get involved, and I think that's good because it brings our voices, the liberty voices that we have, into these community organizations where otherwise we wouldn't be. If you decided to Dale, be a purist and stay home and not go uh, and volunteer at that soup kitchen because they accept government funds, 
then you wouldn't be able to network with the people that are there. You wouldn't be able to, you know, to show the people that are, are currently working at the kitchen that liberty-minded people are regular folks, too, and that uh, we're not antisocial and that we're very, very interested in, you know, helping people that, uh, that need help. And, of course, some of those people don't really need help that come to the kitchen, but that's a whole other issue. Um, and, and similarly, I'm coming into this, uh, this board situation on the, the, te- the television station's board as, again, a liberty-voiced person, somebody who's willing to talk about freedom and take those positions, especially when the time is necessary. And tonight was one of those times, big and time. free speech is a hill to die on. Uh, um, if we don't have that, then the liberty, yes. liberty is, you know. And that's, that's one of the things that the, you know, the public access stations are an interesting animal because they, they wouldn't exist likely – in the absence of the government's coercion uh, on these television stations, because, I mean, you could theoretically start one should you want to, but it'd be pretty tough to get advertisers to support the programming I'm about to tell you about. Yes. The pumpkin episode. It was about well, a six... maybe it would be a charitable organization. Maybe yeah. I, th- I think that That's I th- some charity. Listen to the pumpkin. Episode. No, I would. What I would love to see happen. You know, well, as people a, like Ian and me who care about free speech. Right. As a as a board member, what I'd like to see happen eventually, you know, once we end the government here in Keene, is to see uh, the, the the local public access channel spin off and continue being a public access channel. Um, you know, if that means we have to pay for the time from the, the cable company, then that's fine. Uh, but to continue to, to s- essentially spin off and, and keep doing what it's doing without having the government's coercion backing it up. And I think up. the cable company, without government forcing it to do so, it's been doing it all this time. People have this expectation and everything as a PR move. I you think know, so. Companies are very concerned with their image with the public. Plus, it's And that's, com- that's sort of an end with the public for them. It and was, so they might have an incentive to keep costs low for anyone who wants to run a channel or something. It's, it's more than least. that, though, because yeah. it could also be – because there are some members of the public, as I'll tell you about here in a moment, that do not like the content of this channel. And so they would be very ups- upset about that. But it's something that separates them from satellite. Think about that. I mean, the, the local cable company has not much in the way of local uh, locally originating programming. They've got something out here in New Hampshire. They've got one uh, network television station out in Manchester. That's it for network TV affiliates. And as far as local access is concerned, you don't get that on direct TV. You don't get that on satellite, and satellite is their major competitor. So I think you could come to them with a, with a pitch, and you could say, hey, you know, we're going to give you locally originating programming – Give us a good deal on the price, and that will help you sell people on buying your local cable package as opposed to going with uh, you know, the satellite company. Yeah. So I think there's a business proposition there as well. So the programming that is, uh, was in question here tonight, and this has never happened before in the three years I've been on this board, was uh, a program called When Elderly Attack. And it has nothing to do with elderly people at all because the guy that produced it is in his 20s apparently. But he's, he's with a pumpkin. You don't see him in the video. <clears throat> Except you see his hand. And the pumpkin has a slit that was cut in it. The pumpkin is on a bed. He approaches the pumpkin and is saying lewd things uh, as he's uh, Actual lewd things or just he's kind of suggesting? He's beating around the bush. He, he never actually says words we couldn't possibly say here on, on the radio due to the FCC. He, he never actually... So he talks to the pumpkins like he, as, he, as he rubs the slit on the pumpkin. He says, oh, you like that, don't you? You like, like that, that, don't you? No, I can only fit one finger in, or I can't fit both in, or you know, he's he's fingering and essentially digitally yeah, manipulating you're a, a pumpkin. dirty pumpkin, stuff like that, right? I mean, I didn't watch the entire six minutes, so I can't say for sure what it was, but I got the gist of it when I watched a couple minutes, and I just thought it was funny. I love because, your orange ridges. Yeah, 
That kind of stuff. Where they slope sexily down your gordy body. But nobody got naked. You know, he didn't stick his penis in the pumpkin or anything like that. I don't know what you're suggesting. Uh, Good Lord. Yeah. What are you saying? Well, what? I mean, it was, that, was, that was later on RedTube. It was pretty clear what he was intending to do. You know, he was intending to put something that was sexually uh, beating around the bush. It sounds like you're thinking of something entirely Sex- different than what I was, it, it was talking about. <laughs> sexually yeah. insinuating. Insinuating, right, exactly. Yes. On the air in the middle of the day on a, t- on a TV station where the intention is for people who are producing mature programming to air it at nighttime. Now, not all public access stations have this nighttime provision where after 10, 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. or 4, I think it's 4 a.m., uh, their specifically mature-oriented programming is being de- you know, delivered there and not during the daytime. But the station has no real way to know because when you submit a program, you just basically have to say whether it's mature or not. Yeah. So if you don't say it's mature, they don't review all the content that comes in. They couldn't possibly. Did the town want to pay for somebody to review all the content? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, but this, So this pumpkin episode went over the air, and it aired a few times because it's fairly short, so it's easy to put it in after a program that's maybe only 25 minutes long yeah. and put this thing in there. And boy, were people upset. <laughs> I will explain what happened here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, Earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And those features, by the way, include our Facebook profile, you can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. Of course, it's free. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. So we're talking about the reason I was late to the show tonight is because I decided to stay uh, through the entire Cheshire TV board meeting. Cheshire TV is a local public access channel here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and I'm on the board of directors and have been for a while and will continue to be for a while. Uh, what had happened is uh, some members of the community were very, very upset. They were very upset about a, a particular piece of programming they'd seen on this public access station, and the intention of public access is to allow pretty much anybody to say and do pretty much anything on television. In this case, it was a man molesting a pumpkin. <laughs> is that? I think that pumpkin was probably traumatized for life. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll never know. We don't Vegetable know what happened rights. to it. For all we know, he's keeping the pumpkin locked up in his basement at this point. We, we don't know what's happened to the pumpkin, but we do know that it did offend people. And so one of the people who was offended decided to take the time. Some people called the station and complained. Uh, but one guy who's apparently an attorney in the area and busybody decided to uh, take the time to write a threatening letter. saying that he Attorneys was, do love threatening yeah, le- letters. Yeah. So How he's, bored do you have to be? Uh, you, you need to have a. You need to get a life. Uh, that's that's for sure. This guy is actually, this guy is actually running for city council. I'd like to point that out as well. Oh, that so, explains a lot. Yeah. So basically, 
he is, uh, you know, citing the uh, citing the policies of the station. And the policy of the station is that if a program has mature content or themes, nudity, adult language, violence, graphical medical procedures, the producer shall inform the station of the nature of the content prior to scheduling. And then that's that particular content will be scheduled past 10 p.m. at night. And there was no nudity in this particular presentation. Right. What is an adult theme in this particular? Yeah. You know, it. I would have to see it. However, I think that it is possible to make to to make the innuendo. Uh, that one is making with this pumpkin with a slit carved into it without being sort of overtly uh, uh, adult about it. I I think that really the the people that would, you know, the, the children, I don't think that they would even get it. I, I, no, know, that's that's what's the, adult that's the thing about this. Adult jokes pass kids by. I've, I've, if you get it, then it's no big deal, obviously, right. because you know what's going on anyway. Absolutely. And if you don't get it, then obviously it's no big deal. Right. If you if your five year old was watching that and said, "Daddy, what's he doing that pumpkin?" You can just say, "Well, he's just being silly with it." <laughs> yeah. Or you know? he's testing it for ripeness, honey. Yeah. You know, he's just seeing <laughs> it's ripe enough to make a pumpkin pie or not yet. So let me just share with you an excerpt from this busybody's uh, mail that he sent to the station, the, the threatening letter. Now, if Cheshire TV has made this one mistake in judgment, it would have been understandable. However, it seems more indicative of a pattern of blatant disregard for community standards. And, oh, you can bet I touched on that at the meeting. Uh, only two days later, I was watching the news and switched to Channel 8 quickly. I was shocked to see one of the most repulsive things I've ever viewed <laughs> on television. It was oh, he's led a sheltered life. Yeah. It was overtly sexual in nature and degrading to women. I will not describe what I saw in this letter because it was so objectionable, but we just described it. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to encourage any sort of Internet search for this type of material by describing it in this letter. Needless to say, it was obscene and clearly violated our community standards. And so this guy showed up at the meeting tonight. And boy, did he look like a douchebag. Fortunately, we've described it so people can do an internet search and all that stuff. I looked for it on YouTube, and the guy did not put it on YouTube. So I was disappointed. In fact, I should have talked to him because the dude that made the video was there tonight. I should have said, hey, man, put that on YouTube so I can show it to people. But now, does he? um, is it not going to come up on a search on the Cheshire TV website or something? No, it's off the air at this point. It's it's been pulled down uh, in lieu of the board discussing this matter and the board of directors reviewing the, uh, the, the content policy for the station. And so what I pointed out during the meeting was, um, and the, you know, everybody went around, and there's a variety of opinions on this board of directors, uh, and some of them were not too uh, liberty-oriented. But what I, what I said was, and I wasn't alone in my viewpoint, thank goodness, but what I, essentially what I said was that, well, what are community standards? How, how does one determine what community standards are? Because within this community, which is essentially you're drawing an arbitrary line on a map and you're saying that, well, the people within this arbitrary line are the community. Or you could say that's that the not, community... That's not accurate because well, right. um, the, it, it only matters for the people that, that watch pay the for... Right, will pay for the, the station at the very least and then watch the station. So you're really only talking about cable subscribers. Right. And then you're really only talking about cable subscribers that choose to watch the... Uh, the gov- government access television. And I, 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 I are there V chips and crap out yes, there now? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you know, who cares? 
So I said, turn well, it off if you're upset about it. Precisely right, uh, and that certainly was a viewpoint that was was expressed. But as I pointed out, how do you determine what those standards are? I mean, even if you can determine what the community is, how do you determine what the standards are? You're not going to be able to poll all of the cable subscribers to find out what they think. And even if you could, that's not the purpose of public access television. The purpose of public access television is to uphold the First Amendment and the concept of free speech. And the purpose of free speech is not to protect community standards. Because if, if free speech had to adhere to community standards, it wouldn't be free anymore. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to say what you wanted to because some prudes out there would essentially say, oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. And so it's not about public access television isn't about the community standards, whatever the hell nebulous concept that is. It's about allowing each individual member of the community who has something they want to show or perform or share on television to do that. That's what public access is about. That's the purpose of the public access channel. To let you, no matter how crazy your ideas are, whether you're a you know a racist or you're uh, you're you're you, you know misogynist or you're a sicko or whatever it is that you do or you know you're, you're organized religious, uh, whatever it is you do, to allow it on the channel. And so I actually proposed. I said I think the uh, the existing policy goes too far. Because one of the other board members said he thinks that we need to rewrite the policy and we need to come up with more strict terminology about what is and what is not allowed. And, of course, as the uh, director of the channel pointed out, that just means that people are going to try to skirt those policies, that they'll, they'll, you know, they'll make the most offensive thing they possibly can that skirts those policies. I suggested I think that the restrictions of the 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. thing need to go away. There needs to be no restrictions on the content that can appear beyond the, you know, the copyright well, issue. I, uh, I disagree with there's, that. There's there's. But this individual choice, there are V-chips and things like that. I this is not your babysitter, and that's the other point I made, because the, the, the point from, the, from all the people that were complaining were, was, well, I would okay, I'd be all right with it if it was on at midnight, but my children were watching. But that's the, 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 the point that I'm, uh, that I, I, I disagree with you on this point. I think that if the guy was actually doing something lewd with the pumpkin, I don't want to see that on television before 10 p.m. or whatever time. That Don't watch the channel. It's right. supposed to allow anybody to put anything they want on as long as it's not copyrighted. I think that this is an issue of people that uh, are subscribed to the cable channel and their opinion to the uh, the cable No, that service. is not what it is. The purpose of a public access channel. You can disagree with the purpose if you want to. I disagree with the purpose. But the purpose is to allow anybody to put what they want on the air as long as they're the ones that produced it. As long as they're the ones that are responsible for the content there. And I disagree with the purpose. That's fine. You can disagree with the purpose. I'm telling you that I don't disagree with the purpose. That's one of the reasons I got involved in the channel was to keep it as free as it possibly can be. Because if you start allowing these people to get in control of allowing and or disallowing certain content, then you open the Pandora's box. And I think by just having that nighttime zone is already opening that box up. And now we're seeing what happens. The next step is happening where busybodies are coming in and they're saying this is inappropriate, this is inappropriate, this is offensive, and I don't want to see it. Well. What's offensive to them may not be offensive to me, and what's offensive to me may not be offensive to them. And indeed, one of the more rational voices came from the, one of the, preach, the preacher that is on this uh, panel, because he rightfully pointed out that if you open up this particular box, that at some point somebody's going to come in and say that they're offended by him getting on the air and preaching against homosexuality. So he understands what will happen as a result of putting more controls on the, uh, the, the type of content. You'll get this never-ending battle between interest groups in the community over what should and what shouldn't be allowed. I'm not interested in more controls, Ian. I'm only interested in the controls they have. 
but that's not the proposal on the table. The proposal from on there are two proposals sure. on the table. Reword the controls to make them more specific, which means more controlling, or to ab- to abolish the controls entirely. And I'm supporting abolishing them entirely. So anyway, that's why I was late tonight. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Your comments on anything goes. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And uh, tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your votes. Even at the end of the month here, uh, Mark, last time you told me we were only about 25 votes ahead, and that may have changed today. I'm not sure. We need votes. But we still need your votes. So if you haven't voted in the month of October, please take a moment and go to vote.freetalklive.com. And of course, once it changes to November, we'll continue asking you for more votes. Mm. And indeed, the podcast awards are coming up as well. So we'll be uh, the, November is going to be a very, very vote-oriented it's the month. month. And these are really votes that can make a difference. Uh, so go to vote.freetalklive.com and cash your vote for Free Talk Live. Makes a difference for us. That's for darn sure. Because being number one on the list of shows, uh, podcasts, helps bring new people to the ideas of freedom. And hey, if you're looking for other great um, liberty-oriented content, head, head on over to the Low Country Liberty Report at lclreport.com. He's a Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues around the country, liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folk. Now, Taryn, the man behind uh, LCL Report, doesn't pretend to be unbiased in his reports, and he does try to add some humor to his presentations. If you'd like, uh, uh, by the way, he's looking for advertisers as well, which I uh, have become an advertiser over at lclreport.com, um, advertising Freekeen over there, which is my blog site, freekeen.com, lclreport.com. Head on over and watch his videos. That's just because you want Karen, Taryn to move to, uh, to Keen. No, it's because Taryn <laughs> is doing liberty-oriented uh, reporting on YouTube, and that means that the people watching his videos will be probably a good target audience to move to Keene, don't you Likely think? Likely true. Uh, all right. So, you know, Free Talk Live, we've been talking about public access television here uh, this hour and what its intention is. Public access television is not intended to be your babysitter for your children. Indeed, if you're offended by violence or sex or, you know, whatever – sexual innuendo, you probably shouldn't be having cable television in the first place. You know, you probably shouldn't be allowing your teenagers or your children, if that's who you're trying to protect. This guy was saying he wanted to protect... Or at his... least exercise some, a lot of discretion, because there's, there's right. a lot of it on there, and, and get your uh, your get your, uh, parental control uh, settings out and start playing with them. Let's go to your phone calls. Barbara is on the line in Delaware, I presume listening to WGMD. Barbara, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, and thank you for taking the call, but Hi. I only have one thing to say. Is if I'm watching not a cable, just regular news, and they give me the news, and the next flash is two people fornicating, okay? And then every other word is F U, a B I T, a hoe, and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and penis. Do you think I need to say that? And they're going to show this as Ivory Snow? That's not acceptable no matter what. Okay, so what is on, so, on that channel? So uh, where you would not expect it's that. It's not You're channel, right. it's just regular television. You're saying free airwaves. For anything goes for anybody. For public access, yes. That's, that's exactly well, its that purpose. That's acceptable. the purpose of it. Why, why not? Uh, do you want a red light in front of a cop? 
Uh, probably not in front of a cop because right. he'd hurt so what's me. What's the same difference if you're going to have that kind of FU and seeing two people fornicating after they just said the weather is 92 degrees and five well, inches? Of wait, snow. I think you're a little confused about something no, here. No, I'm not point, confused. Point of information. You're trying to confuse people. Let's let's clarify free then. Airwaves are free within limits. You have a right, which is not really a right. You're a privilege to drive the road. You must follow the laws. No, I don't have to. Well, uh, you, you're going to make a, you're going to double park, and you're going to make a left-hand turn in front of a cop, and you're going no, to do look, a wait, Barbara, slow down for a moment. Slow down for one moment. You're going to run a red light in front of a cop. I want to have a conversation with you, okay? Well, look, don't. Well, then can you slow down for just it. a moment? Can I respond to you here, Barbara? Do right I'm not going to run a red light in front of a cop because he has a gun and is willing to hurt me. But I've run plenty no, of. Wrong, wrong. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to give you a ticket. Oh, but if I decide not to pull over, what will he do? Well, that you're not obeying the law. Well, I hardly ever obey the law unless it actually oh, suits really? me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, don't you? Is that the reason why we are the way we are? Because you're consensus of opinion, don't obey the law? You know what, Barbara? I don't obey arbitrary words written down by strangers. What That's I obey is natural law. law. Stop, I obey Stop. natural law, Barbara. That means the law of consequences and actions, and that if I do something, I expect consequences will come from that, sometimes right. good, you sometimes bad. You want a red bad. light, somebody comes around, and you kill them. Not, I would never run a red light like that. that. Allow me to explain to you before you jump to conclusions any further. I'm not conclusion. That was you are statement. jumping to conclusions. Allow me to explain, Barbara. When I run a red light, I stop first, look around, make sure no one is uh, is, oh, is in danger, gee. and oh, then I go you, through. Oh, you are such a phony. Be honest. You don't. Why stop would you and accuse me of li- Why would you, you accuse me of lying, see Barbara? The light and you run it because you got to get down to the next corner quicker. Nope. Yeah. Try you to don't even. Pass that you know, I have no on. reason. There's no reason for me to lie to you, Barbara. You are. You're, you're an absolute liar. Mark, have you driven with me before? I, nobody you? in their right mind. If I give you an ink blot, yeah, I think you're going to go down the road, and you're not going to see me down the road because you don't see anybody there. You're going to run that red light, and you're going to kill somebody, and you're going to say you stopped first because nobody's going to pay attention. Running to you. red lights does not result in killing people if you do yes, it safely, because Barbara. you don't know. Who's the opposite way? That's the same thing. I is, can look. My eyes yeah, function. Can I can you look, see. Then why, would, then why would you run well, the red lights? How does get on the red lights when you're why talking about? Why would you about... run the red light to begin with? What? I'm sorry. Why would you run the red light to begin with? Because I have How somewhere to be. How does get to red lights from free speech? But, no, I'd like free to talk about this issue. Oh, I, no, she wants to talk about this. Is the same thing as controlling. Let's go back to the red lights. You have we laws can... to go by. Barbara, let's go back to the red light issue here, real quick. No, because no, I think no. It's the gentleman just brought back what's the okay, free fine. speech. You got the same thing about why you have a driver's license. All why deal. bother getting a driver's license? Dale, it's all you. You brought it back. Wait, are you? At, she's asking me why bother getting a driver's license. Why get a driver's license? Right. Why get a license? I, I don't think people should. Have. That's used. It's not used to make sure people drive safely anymore. It's used just to track people. It's, it's a it's a control mechanism to constantly track people. I'll tell you one thing, gentlemen. You are a trip. And you know what? Whatever station you're on now, we are definitely going to do, and we're not going to do anything for their subscribers or who they've got to sponsor, because this is you know worthwhile. Of saying, That's right. How dare you say what you really feel, Dale? How dare you? You're going to run a red light. You don't care who you clone. And you see the daily news. I know lots of people that run red lights like late at night when there's no traffic and they know well, no one's coming the other way. Night. We're just talking about that. Six o'clock news, six o'clock light. She's all over the and place. And you're going to run yeah. through it. I Why, think, Madam, I've not done that. Why bother stopping for a school bus? Barbara, 
Barbara. No, no, no. Barbara? Answer that. Barbara, is it possible that you could drive through a red light and still be safe about it? No, never. Why? You just said that you weren't talking about... Now, you sound quite ridiculous. Why would you stop for a school bus? Why would I stop for a school bus? Because I don't want to hit the kids. How about that? Well, I, I usually Barbara, do. Uh, I usually do if church. there's a lot of traffic. But Bar- if there's uh, middle of the traffic? night, there's no traffic. You could be out in the middle no. of nowhere, and there could be a red light. Could be a stop sign. Barbara, well, I no generally, people have been killed for not. If you're in the middle of nowhere and you can look and see there's no traffic, then you can run the red light. It's not that big a deal. Mm, Barbara, not a big deal. By no, no, it's not. not. You're the one sounding ridiculous now. I absolutely ridiculous. Barbara, I generally agree with what you're saying, except when it comes to the stoplights. And what's the difference between a stoplight and a school bus? Um, a stoplight is a light, and a school bus is a school bus. Full of children. Oh, and right. So uh, <laughs> the light doesn't have any that's, kids in it. That's, that's what you call a derelict, educated derelict. Yeah, You've got to come I, out of Harvard. I'm really not a derelict. I work for a living. You are an educated derelict. <laughs> but, uh, so Barbara, I was agreeing kind of with you. Well, Barbara, you know what? I, I agree with fun, you. Play your games. No, no. no You're a fornicator, Mark. When Barbara. you pass that next red light... I sure hope they get you good now. Barbara, hope you don't kill anybody. I'm, 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 I'm agreeing oh, with you. Oh, she hung up on you, Mark. But I agree with you, Barbara. I was telling you that I agree with you except for the stoplight thing. Children, Mark, there's children around at <laughs> every red light. You could possibly hear, kill someone. This, this, by the way, gentlemen. If you would run a red light at 3 in the morning when there's no traffic as far as the eye can see, then you you would just as soon run over a school bus and kill right. all the kids inside. Now, now gentlemen, <laughs> this is the reason that I do not support the complete liberty standpoint. Because if people like Barbara simply don't get it, and people like people Barbara, like Barbara dinosaurs, they're never going to get it, and she is irrelevant. It's, oh, you know, if the you state, approach... The state will fall, not because... Because every single person wants it to, but because not every single person is going to keep believing in that ridiculous. As soon as the people stop being obedient, as soon as one to two percent of people stop being obedient, the state's game is over. Really, how many people uh, at the uh, top, uh, the, the the top end of the, uh, the the cannabis protests here in Keene? How many were there? I don't know, hundred. Uh, on the Ridley report, I think I thought I heard three hundred. No way. No way. No, no way. <laughs> okay, no. so um, not even across both Keene and Manchester. So no there way. were a hundred, more than a hundred people. Uh, maybe let's call it 130 people at the uh, cannabis protests. Okay. And if you added them all up, the people that just came at different times, you probably could get to say 220, right? Maybe. That's one percent. These are not people rejecting this religion of statism. Well, These I are people whoa, 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 opposing whoa, whoa, whoa. one law. That's one more than one percent of the people in Keene, New Hampshire, and we still have cannabis laws here, right? The law doesn't matter. It's not being enforced. It's not being enforced. So Who cares what's written on paper? You're wrong with your numbers. Your 1% is bullcrap. No, that's not true. It's wrong. We're out of time. Mistake. Those people are smoking out every single day, and they're getting away with it, and the cops are leaving them alone. That's a success. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Off to fornicate. This is an internet-only extended edition that you're going to hear in a moment, but we didn't really intend to do this. It's just that Mark and Dale were going at it in the studio to the point of yelling at one another, so I decided to just go ahead and turn the mics on midstream. That's why you'll just kind of hear it cut in. Just like any other organization that's out there, any organization that may pick up the trash, that may put out fires, that may do all the other things that it is that the state does that are of some Albeit, uh, you know, overpriced value. People are doing all of those things, and people can keep doing all those things. The state is not making that. The, all those things are happening despite the state. 
You know, they are it's having like, it's none of that is none of that is like been has been caused to happen by the state that wouldn't have happened in a free market. Well, anything that was needed you, now you're the talking free about, market can do that. Sure. I, I, you're not going to get me to disagree that the free market can do anything that the state can do. However, what we're talking about is the status quo. People need and want what they need and want. And sure. some of those things is their trash picked up and their fires put out and all that other sure. stuff. So if all you propose to do is to tear down the state, which is this awful religion that people believe That's in. That's not all blah, I propose blah, to do. I'm not going to provide a fire department uh, when, when the state one the when the state controlled ones or whatever go away the free market's going to do that i just have to help people to understand and Until, i'm just one person helping people understand that those things Will be provided, but until you know, the free market by lots of people, different pro- people doing with different goals. I don't think that uh, fire departments the, the best example in here because likely the people that run a fire department will put out fires if they're getting paid or not getting paid or whatever. But um, you know, let's 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 use a city as an example. Um, and, and trash pickup probably better an, um you know example here because I just don't think that trashmen are going to come to work and um, pick up people's trash in the absence of the getting paid for it. If the government sure. disappears appears in a day, people's trash isn't going to get picked up, and that's going to upset them. And then you're one and that opportunity. May that may happen because that may, the, 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 the city that is paying for it right now can suddenly run out of money. In our economic conditions, they can suddenly, you know, they can, trash can stop getting picked it up, sounds, and people might immediately start looking for alternatives. But you sound like you have faith in this whole free market and anarchy thing that you're talking of about. Of course I do. But I've watched I've watched order emerge out of chaos. I, we wouldn't exist if order had not emerged out of chaos over millions of years. The most complex things happened out of a process of order emerging out of chaos, out of emergent order, not out of top-down order, not out of natu- not out of intelligent design, not from central planning. That's not how the most amazing things that exist have come about. Right, and I I don't I dis, do not disagree. You will not get me to disagree at all that the free market can provide the same things that the government provides without uh, force or coercion. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't think people are ready to accept it today, and that's your problem. Your problem is that if you d- get rid of this apparatus that has provided not, so many important things to people, that you will then have yourself a big ass problem when you cannot provide those things to people. Well, in the some state manner, may go away suddenly. It won't be my doing the state may go away suddenly because like i said i think they're driving off of a cliff they're going to do it to themselves if no one else like if even if people did not withdraw their support and cause it to collapse the state might go away suddenly and we will be in a state of chaos because we've grown dependent on on this this one way of doing things that may happen that's not my goal and i don't think that i think that what we can do is get people to start withdrawing now and start chipping away at it and start replacing it with alternatives lots of different people not me i'm not going to i'm not going to replace all these things i'm not going to become their new uh, their new archon i'm not going to become the new leader of the world and tell them how to do everything i'm not talking about lots being of the people leader are going of the to world. do that mark but <laughs> Dale, over time it's going to be a gradual process it's not going to be a gradual process but when, it's not going to happen by reinforcing their delusions with the, in this ridiculous religion of statism. The ridiculous religion of statism, as you're talking about, is an apparatus to provide certain things to people. That's... That's not what it's for, and it's not needed to do that. It is we not, know it. Absolutely it's true. It's there to control people. It is there, and the status quo is important to, um, All to human beings. All the things happen despite them, not because of them. 
Right. All I, the, all I don't the, disagree. I mean, if you look at all, you know, they might provide the money to for, to fund something that some say some medical research, but they took they took the money away from productive people in the first place. We don't have to d- d- discuss all that. That's okay, absolutely why we, true. What's the what is the the problem then? is is the step by you see agorism, which is what I'm going to call your belief system, and it seems really close to that to me. It's Pro- part of my. It's it's it includes agorism. It sure. doesn't it it doesn't provide solutions. It, it basically it seems to me how um, does it not provide solutions? Because people aren't doing it. You're saying down with the state, and it's not up with anything else. You, you need Agorism to, where's is this, every, where is this uh, secondary uh, this, this alternative policing program that's that's uh, you know we need in order that to have that you're saying because you don't it's, it doesn't exist right now that it can't no i'm saying that you you know when you suggest to people that we get rid of the government entirely and there isn't any it's, viable it's not on my the personal goal i haven't made it happen but I, that doesn't mean it can't that it's not going to happen it most certainly will i think you set back your own goals which is uh you know people being uh, dealing with each other voluntarily when you just suggest getting rid of the state and you don't have solutions and options for people that are obvious there are, and clearly work. There, there, you know, I'm picking my messages that I feel good, that I feel and um, competent to talk about, mm-hmm. and I and I spread my messages. And there are, but there are people, lots of people that promote stuff like that, and I'm big fans of some of them. There's a guy, there's a YouTube channel people should che- should check out. Confederal Socialist. Go to a YouTube. Go to Confederal Socialist. He has lots of videos about alternative ways of doing things instead of the state. I mean, you know, and I think that's an important part that people need to hear. I refer people to stuff like that. I don't that when people ask about stuff like that, I don't send them to my website because that's not something I am really good at talking about. I might have touched on it time here and there, but there are people who do. And and once again, lots of different people with lots of different areas of expertise. That's the glory of the free market. That's the glory of emergent order. That's the glory of uh, you know, what I hear from voluntarist types is, let's get rid of the state is all we need. Uh, you know, one or two percent of the population will be there. It'll it'll be fantastic. Uh, we'll have peaceful anarchy. And I don't see a lot of not instantly. It's going to take time. But the government will fall just about instantly. Wouldn't you agree? In the instances where governments have fallen, bam, they're it, gone it, in a night. It may do that. And and and, and then whether or not have? we are, we have any say in it or not, and we will probably have a period of of disarray and chaos. Yeah, and, and but, as a people, transitionary. People are on I don't know if that's that? avoidable. All you right, want me right, to get on right. board for that? Wait a minute. Why, why are we jumping to conclusions here? And by the way, for listeners that were tuning in uh, here, they, you were trying to listen to the Liberty Radio Network or the archives. Uh, these guys were duking it out in studios, so I figured we should turn the mics on because you guys were actually yelling at each other uh, right before the mics came on. Aren't you guys both kind of presuming that the state is going to just disappear? I mean, how about the state just turns voluntary and continues offering its existing services on a voluntary basis? How radical is that? I think that's very possible. Yeah, I think that 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 is a great plan. When you talk, when you have talked in the past about you know taking here, we'll give you you bureaucrats at the school, we'll give you eighteen months, and then you're going to be on your own. The school will belong to you. We're going to give you all the property. You guys can handle it in whatever manner you want to handle it. I don't care. But in eighteen months. You're on your own. You're going to have to, you know, handle it. And the citizens of this town or county or whatever municipality has, they're going to get a big old break on their taxes. So isn't it possible that one of the ways we could reach that point is through mass non-cooperation to where if enough property owners were to say to the state, ah, fuck you, we're not paying, 
then the state would not be able to steal all of their homes because it would just become politically untenable for yeah. them to do that. Sure the that money starts rapidly so, dwindling, then they have to shrink. At, at that, that point, point, then somebody says, hey, and then they how, realize that they're how about you guys doomed. just start doing things on a voluntary basis instead of threatening people? And maybe by that point, we'll have uh, had enough liberty media out there to start changing people's minds. I mean, I don't think if that you the, can get, the keen government's going to disappear overnight. I don't think that's realistic. If you I don't either. One percent of the people on board uh, in in key, in a given geographic area, whether you know or whatever you know, you you you, you decide the geographic area, whether it's your city, your state, or your uh, county or municipality, whatever it is. If you can get one percent of the people on board. For that, for not paying taxes, yes, I think you can have some real luck. Because, by the way, by that time, if you could get a hundred, if because you could get one percent to not pay taxes, you'd have enough to change an election too. By that point, because a hundred people, there yes. are ten thousand houses in Keene, New Hampshire, that or ten thousand properties that pay taxes in Keene, New Hampshire. So even though there are twenty five thousand people that live here, only ten thousand actual properties are paying yes. taxes. Um, so you'd need a hundred essentially property owners in that case. I think if you had 25, you'd have a pretty significant uh, and influential group of folks. Uh, you but, might. But if you had a hundred, if you could convince a hundred property owners who didn't have mortgages to not pay taxes, you would absolutely have enough public support to change. I think, the let me tell you, as times get desperate, which statism is taking us to. As times get desperate, people will be a lot easier to convince about some of these things. On the, the, they realize on those that things, that's how bad things are getting because of the state. With with Ian, I agree on this subject where he's coming from. But what the messages I hear coming out of the agorist community, coming from you, Dale, uh, really are messages that I hear of simply anti-government. I don't care what fills the void. You know, those those kind of messages are they're. They're they're counterproductive to real freedom because you're not going to get it. What do you mean we're not going to get it? Okay, um, if, if we're not going to get voluntary alternatives to a violent to violent solutions, it's kind of like if you date a girl and if you say to that girl, "Look, I'm I'm looking to have some sex." Obviously, you're going to get that as a result of the relationship. But if that's the first thing you talk about, and you haven't talked about all the other things that one needs to talk about in order to get to that place, you, you're you not going to get it. You're, you're, you're going to run her away, and she's not going to be interested anymore. And that's what I hear a great deal of. And it's it, it may be fine in preaching to the choir, people that are you know one step away from being full-blown, complete liberty kind of people, but it... You know, it, it leaves me. There's, there's a lot of different people giving different messages, and there are, like I said, there, if you go to a Confederal Socialist channel on YouTube, you'll get a lot of really good information about how those alternatives can be provided, and and, and to show people, look, this isn't the only way it can be done. This is another way it can be done, and it sounds very good and very viable, and that's sort of like fulfilling that void for people. I think it does need to be filled, just because that's not the message that I'm personally feeling confident to say and do. It doesn't mean that um, – because I do. I have faith in that. I have faith – like I have faith that my cell phone works even though I have no idea you know, how it's doing stuff. You know, Other people have figured it out, and I can see that it's working, and I know that it's possible, and so I'm, I'm okay. Sure. So, and it's in the, the same deal with the free market. Most of it I don't know how it's going to work. If someone asks me how, to, how, how a web page is going to be designed, absent the government, I can talk about that. <laughs> in the absence of uh, you know, the, the FCC to regulate the cell phone providers, I think there's going to be some bumpy roads before one sort of gets in play things that are going to limit them, the, you know, competition and, and the way people compete. So and, do, do you, you telling me I have to tell them how to replace the FCC? Me personally, Dale, has to tell them. Someone else can't explain. I think, if, I think when you're suggesting that the FCC go away, yes, you need to have solutions for people. 
Oh, good God. Mark, I, you know that that's not how the free market works. I don't know all the solutions. You don't have I don't to, know them all. You don't have I can't to talk be about right. them all. You only have to be believable, okay? You only have to provide solutions to people that make some sense to them. I do that in as as much as I as much as I can. I've 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 talked about all this. I don't talk about all of it, but people are Mark. That's the point. I'm not the only one with this message. There are other people talking about these things. I'm there willing people, to listen there, to you. There are entire books. About I'm not willing to subjects. listen to the Confederate Socialist or whatever. I'm not going to go listen to his channel. I listen to you. You have my ear. He does not. Well, you know, Mark, I I I've already told you. You know, whether or not this happens isn't going to be dependent on me convincing you, okay? You've been a status for a long, long time, and I haven't I convinced you. I haven't convinced you. That's okay, but other people are listening, you know, and, and if I can get enough people to withdraw their consent, the state will begin to fall, and that will allow free market alternatives to replace it. I am simply and, a person who believes that at some point in our, uh, you know, human evolution, we will, in fact, have no coercive uh, governments at all. However, I believe that we need to get there through step by step in order to, you know, it's like it's like slipping into a cool cold pool. You don't want to just I, jump on in. I've already said I think it's attack. going to happen gradually and, and in an incremental way as I just well. Don't know how that's just not be. with your tactics because your tactics reinforce the exact the actual problem itself, which is this delusion, this this elaborate justification system that people have to keep monopoly a monopoly uh, on. Violence, and, you know, and that's and and, and one that thing I haven't been able to find problem. is I haven't been able to find a at least it doesn't come to mind now um, at this moment in time I haven't been able to find a good example of where the political system at least here in the United States has uh, increased liberty in a particular area and I'm not talking about women getting the right to vote because that doesn't really count when it, it just comes increases to, participation in state. Well, I, I could probably exactly find right. something. I could probably find something where it's happened, but I can't. I can't preclude. I cannot discount the the ten or a hundred other ways that it expanded and 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 encro- encroached upon liberty at the same time. And so I can't see any forward progress whatsoever in that in that way. In that way. So I, you know, I, it, I, I, you know, you have to look at it as a, as a price to pay. You know, if I if we manage to get one little, let's say we manage to just like. A little bit of progress on the drug war and, you know, maybe decrim marijuana and everything else is still illegal and everything. Meanwhile, the state is still marching on. It's still growing in a million other ways. And so it's hard and to look at that as progress. You know, if, if we've allowed, if we've allowed uh, you know, all this other expansion to happen um, without uh, addressing the root of the problem, that the, state, the state's legitimacy in the first place to be able to do all these arbitrary, violent things, then... How have we? How can we look at that as progress? I can't. I don't know how to look at it as progress. I gotta go, and uh, Nick's here to do some uh, show stuff. So uh, let's. Well, wrap you've it got up. a phone call. <laughs> we have a phone call. Okay. Oh yep. wow. Okay. Alex is on the line in New Hampshire uh, for the extended edition. Mark versus Dale. Ding ding. <laughs> Mark, uh, it doesn't seem to me like you have faith in uh, complex emergent systems. Um, do you have faith in immediate complex emergent systems? Straw man. That, what? <laughs> Straw man. We already said it. I don't expect it to be immediate. Right. The, these things, they, they come about, and you cannot predict how long they will take, and you cannot uh, possibly know the future, or you cannot centrally plan what's going to happen with these things. So if people demand that you plan something, it's, you're just falling back to um, central planning in a way. 
Thanks for your input, Alex. I got to go. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thanks for the call. <laughs> cool. Okay, boys, you boys all finished then? I guess so. Right. I've had this conversation a hundred million times, and I'm probably going to have it that many more. All right. We're done then uh, for real tonight. And for those of you that were trying to listen to the Liberty Radio Network, we'll be returning you to your programming there midstream. Also, the Free Talk Live archives at libertyradionetwork.com is where you hear that. Uh, free Talk Live archives are 24 hours a day at freetalklive.com. We'll also return uh, that archive in progress as well. Good night, everybody. The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. Okay, so the Mark Edge Interview Series is continuing. I wish I had a better name for this. I, I never really came up with it, but, uh, you know, this, this is it. Uh, Mark Edge interviewing whomever I like to interview and putting it out there for you to listen to if that is what you wish to do. And I have today one of the guys that I think is probably doing the best darn thing that one can do with Washington, D.C., trying to downsize it. Jim Babka, are you there? I am, and I'm glad to be here, Mark. Very good. Now, Jim, generally when we do interviews, we do them on the radio show, and we, because it's so important, we pitch the Read the Bills Act and the One, uh, one Subject at a Time Act. Mm-hmm. Can you give me in um, you know, 30 seconds each those two things and what they are? Well, the Read the Bills Act uh, very simply says that Congress has to read their bills before they pass them. Uh, step one, if you want to cast a yes vote to uh, pass a program or retain a program, uh, impose a tax or increase a tax, put a new law in place, you have to sign an affidavit if you're a congressman before you cast that yes vote, saying that you've either read the bill or heard it read. And heard it read means that we require in our bill a quorum, which the Constitution defines as 50% plus one. We have to sit and listen to a literal word-for-word, in-order reading of the bill. We believe that if they had to read the entire bill out loud, that this would force them to make decisions and shorten the bills considerably. Yes. Uh, it would also mean that they pass fewer bills, too. And then finally, we would say the most important part of all is that we put these bills online for seven days uh, before they can cast the final vote, a seven-day waiting period where the public can see it, where talk show hosts like you can see it, where watchdog groups like DC.org can see it. And the importance of this is that there are experts all over the country who, are, who, who understand minutiae of various specific bills. They don't understand everything that's coming down the pike, but they might understand one sliver of something, and they need time to get that out to the public so that they can respond and tell their congressional employees, hey, congressman, representing me, this is what I, how I want you to vote. This is what I want you to notice. And so that's what we call the Read the Bills Act. One subject at a time? One subject at a time is, is just what the title says. You know, they, they take unrelated proposals and they combine them with other proposals and they pass them all the time. And the real crying shame of this whole thing is, is that there are bills that could never stand up by themselves, things that could never pass. You know, a lot of people complain about the earmark problem. So much of the earmark problem are, are unrelated proposals tied up with a very popular proposal. Uh, we noticed this in a number of different cases. You know, we woke up one morning to find a uh, a port security bill that we knew was going to be voted on as we went to bed uh, by the United States Senate. We woke up in the morning and found out that it had a provision in it that, that uh, really restricted the ability to play online poker in the United States of America. What did those two things have to do together? Well, the Senate Majority Leader couldn't get the online gambling prohibition passed uh, as a stand-up bill on its own, so he inserted it into a bill that was sure to pass. Real ID Act, same thing. It was put in a bill for uh, an emergency bill, 
uh, which is an accounting term in Washington, meaning that uh, they can do stuff off the books. They don't have to count it as part of their balanced budget projections. And uh, they passed a bill for troop appropriations in Iraq and tsunami relief, and they threw the Real ID, in Act, in, ED, excuse me, Real ID Act in there for good measure. And so this happens all the time. If you've ever been told by somebody that it requires a majority of Congress to pass a proposal, that's just not true. And that's why we need the One Subject at a Time Act. And, and Mark, both of these bills, as well as our Write the Laws Act, come with a clause that give them teeth. These are not mere rules uh, that they can wave at a whim. These are laws binding upon the Congress. If they don't follow the procedure, then you can, and, and you get charged with a crime under a law they passed when they didn't follow the procedure, you can walk into court and say, Your Honor, this is the procedure they followed. It's not the one that was spelled out by law. This law is null and void. And he can say, You're right, and throw the case out with impunity. And so it gives it real teeth. If they want to waste their time, let them. But we want them to follow the procedure. We want them to sweat the details, just like every American does when they're having to try to abide by these laws. It's um, yeah, the, the, it's absolutely ludicrous, and I just wanted to get those out of the way because they are. It is important. It's just that we always talk about it, and I think that you have so much more to give, Jim. And I want wow. to talk about just a bunch of other things that uh, might wow. be on your mind. <laughs> So much more to give. Well, I look forward to it. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. So um, you mentioned on the phone, and I want to get your opinion on a, a few things. So I, But you mentioned uh, Dylan Radigan, and I wanted to give you a chance to uh, rattle on about this fella real quick. Well, Dylan Radigan has a clever new phrase. He, he is uh, calling uh, corporate welfare, uh, the bailouts that are being used to pay the big bonus, he's calling it corporate communism. In fact, this is how he defines it, Mark. He Quote, a system that takes resources from the citizenry and redistributes it to a tiny elite. A handful of weak, uncompetitive, and outdated corporations and industries are purchasing control of the American political process in order to stay in business using their cronyism. It is coming at the direct expense of the rest of us, and it is a total betrayal of everything that represents America. Now, that sounds really good. That's something I can, I'm down with. I, I would oppose this corporate communism, too until I notice what it is that Dylan Radigan supports and what he wants. I oppose it just because it's alliterative. <laughs> well, I like alliteration. <laughs> but but uh, downsized D.C., corporate communism, you know. Yes. But, you know, listen, <laughs> the problem here is, is that Dylan Radigan is, is using a, cor- a communist tactic. Uh, he is trying to get class warfare battles started here. The problem isn't the size of the bonuses that are being paid to the people, the companies that uh, were bailed out. The problem is that they were bailed out. And we keep having this debate over and over. It's a distraction, but it's worse than that. You know, the government takes literally hundreds of billions of dollars and then complains about the, uh, the tens of millions that get squandered in this. Way. Yes. And it's, this is- it's like when they were complaining about the gas taxes when they were when the governments of, of all stripes were getting somewhere like 75 cents a gallon and the gas companies were getting maybe 10. Right. Right. And, and, and so but see what they're doing. Both of these are being done for a very specific reason. The Marxist approach to the world is to start a, a battle. They want us fighting. They want us at each other's throat. They want us to fight, have a class warfare battle. And so this is an idea, it's very old, you get, you get those who do not have to get mad at those who do. And listen, I'm not for these bonuses. I don't want anybody to, to misunderstand me here and think, okay, well, he's for all these big bonuses that these corporations are getting. No, I'm saying look at the big picture. Don't strain a gnat. Uh, out when you when you've got uh, you know, you're, uh, when you're busy swallowing a camel. Yeah, I mean this is this is what's happening here. And, There's and a dung beetle doing uh, doing the backstroke in here at this point. 
Yes, yes, and it's the whole thing's a mess, and it's part of a wider picture. You know, Dylan Radigan actually is very much in support, for example, of the public option. He sees that as competition. Yeah. He talks about competition all the time, but he wants a public option, which means government uh, in the insurance business providing health benefits to people, uh, and, of course, doing so in a way potentially that undermines the private market and gradually gets all of us into the government system. Right. The That's government the can't compete against the private market because of the nature of how government is funded. No, it can't, but what it can do is it can, it can reduce the premium so much that people are attracted into the program, right. and then it can find other ways like inflation and other types of taxes to make up for its losses sure. elsewhere. Yep, and absolutely. meanwhile, the private insurers go out of business. Absolutely true. So, um, you know, I, I think we've covered that one. I, I've got another question. This one's been weighing on my mind. It's the audit the Fed bill that's uh, working its way through uh, Congress at this point. I think it's got a, it's got lots of, of support in the House, but not quite so much in the Senate. And recently in the Senate, it appears as though there was a bill that uh, was was introduced that is similar, however, not quite uh, doesn't have quite the teeth that the audit the Fed bill has. And I wanted to have your thoughts on that. Well, it's very interesting. I feel Ron Paul's pain in having a bill. Uh, this is a standard Washington, D.C. tactic. If you're having a lot of success, there will be people who want to get on the bandwagon, steal your rhetoric, but make sure that absolutely nothing happens with your idea. Uh, they, are, they are the rear guard, if you will. And I feel his pain because uh, he did exactly the same thing to us with the Read the Bills Act. So, you know, it's, it's very important that we stay with principle. We don't need to – we should not put our faith in any individual – uh, any politician on Capitol Hill, where we should put our stock is always in the principle, and we should not relent until we get what we want. We should always push to get what we want. We should make sure that every step is very important. We should make sure that every step actually represents progress. We can celebrate when we get those little bits of progress, and then we can get up the next morning and we can start fighting again for what we want. And then we need to constantly push the dialogue in this direction. It's just it's such an inefficient process, you know, trying to get the trying to get Washington to do what they what you want them to do. Um, but I just I just don't see any other options, um, um, you know, besides secession. And it's it that's a that's a heck of a ball to move down the field too. It is a heck of a ball to move down the field. And and you know what we have to, we should be pushing on as many fronts as people have talents and energy to push. But, but uh, what we need to make sure that we do is that we always keep the end game in mind and we don't manage to get caught up in the personalities or partisanship battles where people begin to, you know, to give up their principles and they start to fight for their team. Uh, that, that whole fighting for their team is the poison that's gotten us in the position that we are right now. We have basically the Republicans and the Democrats, which are basically the equivalent of the Gambinos and the Colombo family, you know, <laughs> fighting over territory. And, you know, they've agreed. I, I saw this very funny uh, cartoon the other day. This made me laugh very hard. It's a room full of dogs sitting at a table, and you can tell they kind of look mobbed up, okay? Yeah. And they're on both sides of the table, and, and one side says, okay, we've agreed that uh, Bugsy over here has got the east side, Moe's got the west side, and we can all crap in the park. And that is exactly how the Republicans and Democrats work. Uh, they, they have basically divvied up. You know, there's a, I notice if you say out loud, you know, there's not a dime's worth of difference between the parties. Uh, it's not really true. At the grassroots level, some of the disputes that Republicans and Democrats have with each other, and I'm talking regular everyday people, are just really heated and important to them. Yes. And they actually do represent a difference. But somehow or other, the people that are in Washington are very cozy, and they always find a way to walk across the aisle. They call it statesmanship up there, and they always work together, and that usually to undermine the very interests that they said that they would represent. 
It does seem that way. It certainly, it certainly does. Now, you had mentioned the public option before, and I'm wondering, um, what do you think is going to happen with, uh, with socialized health care or whatever is coming down the pipe here? Well, we're definitely going to get something. Uh, there's going to be something passed. What is really, but, you know, that doesn't mean that the fight isn't one that we should continue to engage and fight as hard as we possibly can. This is probably the most single most important domestic policy battle that we have uh, had uh, in the last you know, 20 years. Yeah. I've been involved in politics at that time. I can't think of anything that, he, that is as important as this particular battle is. And the reason is because we're talking about taking over one-fifth of the economy. You know, this number keeps on growing. It it, it started out to be, I think it was one-eleventh of the economy, and now then it went to to a seventh of the economy. I've heard a sixth, and now you're saying a fifth. Yes. Well, uh, take whichever one you want. Yes, it's it's, still large. It's a very large bite of the pie, okay? And what we we need to do is we need to stand up as much as we possibly can and fight on every portion of this battle. It's a very complicated issue with lots of moving parts. And that's part of the strategy is to overwhelm us with the number of things that they're throwing at us, and they'll get some of it through that way. We need to fight right down to the end. And I'm, I'm thinking of another cartoon. I'm in cartoon mode today. Okay. Of a, and you've probably seen this one. It's the seagull swallowing the frog, but the frog reaches out yes. and is strangling. The seagull won't let it swallow. Yeah. And, it, it just says, and the, the caption says, never, never give ever up. give up. Yeah. And that is where we've got to be. We've got to have this attitude that we're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to go down fighting. And I think we've already had some successes. I think we have energized a whole new wave of people. I think we have begun to organize and meet each other, and we've begun to realize that, that a lot of people don't want this. And I think that uh, if, if Congress goes ahead and does something that seems like it's overreaching in the end, as if they ignored all of the opposition that they've gotten to this bill, and the public does oppose this bill, Mark, if they ignore they do, it, yes. there will be consequences. I really do think there will be consequences. I hope that they are simple consequences. They are peaceful consequences, but there will be consequences. I love People the way we had cons- that up. I'm, I'm thinking that they'll, we'll have similar consequences to the sort of consequences that we had, uh, you know, when the, the Republicans uh, voted for the – was it called the bailout first or was it called the bailout second? It was uh, TARP. It was the bailout first. We had the bailout uh, in, in last fall and then about a year ago. This Right yeah. now this and then it was going on. Porculus. And it, in fact, in, in, interestingly enough, it was this very week. <laughs> oh. And, and – uh, and then the, then Just we before the election, and uh, then, then everybody said, that's it, I'm not voting for Republicans no more, and we got the Democrats, and they undid all the nonsense that Republicans did. <laughs> well, we both know that that didn't happen. No, we that both didn't know that they happen. They piled on and made it worse. That, by the way, is one of the reasons, Jim, that I'm not fighting anything anymore. I'll stand for liberty, and I think that this is, uh, for me, it's an issue of sanity. I just can't... Uh, be at war any longer with uh, with uh, with the people that would steal people's money and then enslave them and do whatever it is that they they want to do in Washington D.C. But well, I, understand it's, something. It's an issue every of time that we every time we have this battle, uh, there are people waking up. There are people having their eyes opened, and and more and more people are standing up and saying we don't like either party. Right. And what's even more interesting is you know there were these there was this Tea Party movement that started in the spring and and extended on through the summer. And as I would go to these tea parties and I would speak, at, I did four of them this year. Two of the four tea parties I spoke at, my loudest applause line in my entire talk was telling people not to allow the part, the, any party to take over this movement. Remember, the Republicans got us into this mess in the first place. The Democrats made it worse, obviously, but the Republicans started it. 
And people would applaud. They recognized that. They agreed with that. And they would come up and shake my hand afterwards and say, thank you for saying that. Uh, people do not want to be represented by either one of these parties. They, represent, they understand that both of them are bad. And the Democrats are getting their crack right now to prove just how bad they are. Yeah, it's, it's it's not going very well. Do you think that um, you think that 2010 is gonna gonna see, see some kind of change in the uh, the the people's you know the, the the letters sitting behind the names of the people that are sitting in the chairs in Washington D.C. No, I think you're going to see some turnover in the in the faces that are sitting there. But I think you're going to continue to see the parties. But there's two things that are going to happen. Number one, that every every overreach that's happening here is building up, is sowing the seeds of its own descent. There are more and more people becoming radicalized and bothered by what they're seeing, and they're going to be looking for alternatives. They're going to get involved in a variety of efforts to undermine what's going on, and that's good. Uh, the other thing is, is that even though the faces may change, you may see the dynamics behind each of these parties begin to change. You may see more and more people uh, showing up that actually represent what the people want. Now, it's going to be very small to begin with, and it's not going to be enough to get you excited, I promise. But if we keep hammering away and we keep letting, and if they keep coming and attempting their overreach as they are prone to do, uh, as they try to reward their friends and get their fantasies of utopia in place, if we let them keep doing this, and, and we have no choice but to let that happen, and we keep growing and we keep entering every battle and coming out of every of the other side of every one of those battles bigger and stronger, we're going to have a force that's able to stop them. We're going to have a force that's able to create, change the environment and the debate and the tone of the discussion so completely that these dinosaur politicians will wake up one morning and think a meteor hit, and it's going to be all over for them. They're either going to have to adapt or they're going to have to go become extinct. They're going to have to go away, and that's the day I'm looking for. You know, the most important thing we're doing at Downsize D.C. is not to read the Bills Act or the One Subject of Time Act, and those are hugely important. The most important thing we want to do long-term is build an army so large, Mark, that we can get the message out everywhere every day and be part of the national debate. The truth can win, and I don't even believe it needs anywhere near the resources that the lie that's been foisted upon the American people, that we need the government to take care of us. I think we can defeat that with, with, with inferior resources, but we need a whole lot more than we've got right now. And that's the purpose of every battle we fight is to build that army, build that army, build that army. You know, it's an exciting future that you talk about, Jim, and it's one of the reasons that I like talking to you because it – it takes away a little bit of the jadedness. It's it's like that uh, you know that little polish that you use on silver. You got to have a little bit of that polish when you rub on it, and and that's how I feel after I've talked to you about Washington D.C. Like there's you've you've got some hope, and it, and I just don't know how your the fire in your belly has not dimmed, but it hasn't, and I find it exciting to hear. Well, thank you very much, and I, it's always a pleasure to talk to you too, Mark. Thank you, Jim. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Some restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. 